The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello, hello. Magazine, we're going to win the World Cup, aren't we? Well, if, if we perform like we did today, today against Iran... Um, Iran? Yeah. Uh, I ran nowhere, mate. I don't run. <laughs> I walk. <laughs> I strolled very slowly. <laughs> what a great result, though. What a great result for the lads. Yeah, it was. Very good, very good. A few worries at centre-half, mate, I reckon, but... Well... You know, you can only be what's in front of not- you as well. He, he could have had a hat trick in the first in the first half an hour. Could slab it. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's just uh, it's a re- weird scenario, though, isn't it? It's really strange. You know, World Cup in the winter. It's mm. in a country that let's be honest, halfway through a season. Yeah, a country that doesn't really give too much of a shit about football in general. Really, mm-hmm. it's only there because they got a few quid to chuck around in it. And sports washing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's but, not good. But mate. football good. is coming on. <laughs> yes, apparently so. After we beat the football, we've beaten the footballing heavyweights. That is Iran. Don't underestimate them. They are top twenty in the world. Right. Okay. And, but, and we did slap the the living piss out. Yeah. No. Hey, like I said, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Of mm-hmm. course. You know, but. If we played against, say, the French or the Argentines, I mean, they created a few chances around going straight through the centre of our back four. Well, you know, uh, it's... I'm not confident on Maguire and Stones. Mm. Jesus, he had a rough night. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. But I'm not Saka, a massive. Saka going forward was a delight. Bellingham, what a what oh, an amazing star. talent! And to say he didn't get on the score sheet, I thought Kane had a brilliant game. Yeah, and it, it seems to work really well, doesn't it? Kane sort of he, he drops deep, and you get the uh, the wide players running beyond him, and so on. It works quite well, you know. My concern yeah. is obviously if, if anything happens to Harry Kane, the other options in the squad don't really do the same thing, do they? So no, no, you're right. But mm. hopefully he'll, he'll stay fit. Yeah, hopefully so, mate. Hopefully so. I'm assuming, by the way, that you know the chat has filled up a few comments. Like the Wales game has finished. Um, it's still going as of now. They're in added time on added time. So right, okay. It's still one-one. It's one-one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Eh? Rock and roll. Well, that's that's a cracking result for Wales. Yeah, you reckon? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were terrible in the first half. They were. But mm. the red wall pulled them through. Yes. I, I don't think we have too much to be concerned about when it comes to Wales in our last game in the group, though, do we? Or the States. No. Nah, I mean, we said that before. We wrote Wales off before, and they put up a, a tough fight. So don't mm. count out uh, Bale and and Kiefer Moore and the rest of the, the, the Dragons. Yeah, we're better than the States. And in the first half, the States passed the ball around relatively well and made mm-hmm. Wales look all over the place. Yeah, our, our midfield should destroy uh, the centre of the park with Wales. Oh, all of the States. Don't like half of their side still play it like Murphy Tidville Tyne or something. <laughs> you are. That, is that not racism against Welsh? Xenophobia. No, Murphy Tidville's a Welsh team. They used to be in Gloucester's League. And, and I know they're a Welsh team, but just slating Welsh players that they're not at that level. What else would I mean? If it was another country, say for example, if it was like this is a wrestling show, by the way, <laughs> four minutes in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point, mate. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> let's leave the football alone for a little bit, shall we? Hey, until at least I, a Connor knows soccer might pop in the chat in a little bit. I caught some mm-hmm. of his live coverage of the United States game earlier, a couple of minutes. Oh, he was very, very cool. excitable young fellow. He is. He certainly is. He is indeed. So we'll leave the football alone for a little bit, shall we, and get on with the wrestling. Because today, today has to be a streamlined show because it's a 50-50 poll. So that's going to take a little bit of time. We've got a cracking non-wrestling topic. That's got to take, you know, that's going to take a bit of time. So we need to be on the money, cracking on with it, because I can't be up till midnight again, man, because I've got work in the morning. <laughs> I know. We're, we've been we've been like an AW pay-per-view recently, just going long, loads and loads of false finishes. And just mm. a seven-hour show. Yeah, yeah. Drags out, mate. Drags out. It drags out. So, let's begin, shall we? Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production, episode 102. I am Sai, and with me as always is the chain punch to my knees that crunch, the barbed wire chair to my graying hair. That's right, I'm going with the theme that I'm old, because I feel, I feel my age today. Okay, and these are all references to the head and the cell match later on. It'll make sense come the end of the show. Trust me, they're, they're clever jokes. Trust it me. never will. A podcaster who literally moaned today about having to watch two matches for the show, despite breaking the goddamn rules and putting two matches forward in the past when it fucking suited him. The Podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we, mate? I'm okay. And the only reason that I complained about it was 
I left it late to watch the matches and I thought I'll just get the match in now <laughs> and then I realised I had to watch two matches and I was like shit yeah. but two two decent matches though, so I can't really complain yeah it's going to be interesting when we get to the uh, mm-hmm. you know I got a few opinions on the one match that maybe might be a bit I wouldn't say controversial but people may disagree with it but it'd be interesting to see what you think Maxime and give it our ratings and so on yeah, but what have you been up to, mate? What have you been up to? You said AEW pay-per-view this weekend. The World Cup started. Bit of UFC as well, was there? Uh, yeah, UFC was uh, mired in controversy because the, the main star of the show was built around, pulled out with about 20 minutes uh, before the start of the show uh, with a, a stomach illness. So they had to shuffle the card around and we ended up with... Um, some fights who really shouldn't have been on the main card, but yeah, it was it was a fun show. And then AEW uh, at the weekend again, long long pay per view. They really need to start kind of like tightening up the screws. But and Jeff as uh, as new AEW champion. Really oh, good. Spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know the results. I yet. don't like, care. Like Charlie in the chat, maybe. Oops. Oops. I mean, <laughs> could he win the title? Who knows? <laughs> Charlie stayed up as late as she possibly could. But like you said, Magsy, those shows go on for so long. Did she get and to I, William Regal being? No, she got to, <sighs> I think there was like an hour or so left. She didn't see the tag match and didn't see the main event. So she, you know, fair play, stuck with it as long as, because she didn't have a, she didn't have a proper tactical sleep like I try to do. So there you go. Oh, Lesson learned. That comes know, with age. It does, mate. It does. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, nice, quiet weekend. So, yeah, yeah, yourself? Yeah, same as, mate, really. I went on a podcast as a guest this weekend. Uh, the Axe Playlist Podcast, it's called. And it's uh, one of the trio from RSH, who are part of the SJP World Media Network, looking mm-hmm. at modern-day WWE every week for us. Uh, he, Ben, or Chuck, as he refers to himself. Uh, Charlie in the chat there saying she wasn't feeling well. That was the problem. Yeah, you were a bit grotty, I understand. Fair enough. Yeah, Ben's wife, uh, she has a podcast looking at Spotify playlists. So, you know, they've done a Halloween episode and it's like 15 scary songs and all this sort of stuff. And I was on as a guest to talk our maiden with them. And we spoke our maiden for a good couple of hours and I had an absolute fantastic time. It was such a good time, mate. Really, really enjoyed myself. And it's, it's out now. So I'll share the links out so everyone can have a listen and laugh at me and my lack of knowledge when it comes to any form of technology, even as a child, <laughs> never mind today. So, yeah, that no, was a really, really good show. I, I had a fantastic time on it. It was really oh, good. good. Spreading your podcasting wings, like as if you hadn't got enough to do with the dozens and dozens of podcasts that you're already involved with. Mate, any chance to talk our maiden? Love a bit of that. That is true. That is true. I mean, you true. talked it in the pre-show. And that I was did. Giving me a history lesson. Well, I wasn't. The song Alexander the Great gives you a history lesson. It's a fantastic song. It's really, really good. In fact, I may even cut a little bit into the audio version because I know Total Sevo loves Iron Maiden. I say that what very much. Firmly, I say that very much firmly tongue in cheek. He fucking hates him. <laughs>
But Maxi, <laughs> who's in the chat, bud? Who's in the chat? Well, as as it's uh, still the tail end of the football, it's uh, a bit sparse, but uh, all the, the cool kids are still in. We've got uh, Sharon starting off the day with, it's Monday night, you know what that means, and, and young Charlie as, as well. Hello, Charlie, how are you? Uh, Sharon, saying what we're all thinking, everyone's still watching Wales. And then Dan Griffin, hello, first of all, sir, but... Just mugging us off with a 50-50 Paul, making us watch two matches, you absolute set of B-words. Uh, Dan said he was watching old. Wales, so... I know. Uh, Dan but saying he was watching Wales, so clearly no loyalty there with uh, with Mr. Griffin. Um, and Dan gives a <laughs> shout-out for Luke Shaw, um, said that Luke Shaw had a, a good game too. And this was this tickled me. Ivan Tony would have been a good backup for Kane, but he's too busy working with Paddy Power. Naughty, naughty. What was it? Two hundred and twenty-three uh, footballing bets that he he got lumbered with. Mm. Jesus, that's what great. a silly sausage. Dan Griffin, watching USA was like watching Atletico Madrid, and you're not sheepish about going after the Welsh. The thing mm. is, I'm I'm part well. I think I'm like one eighth Welsh or something like that. So I think I think there's a cream you can get for that though. Yeah, I've, I've looked into it. I'll have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish Danny, hello sir. How are you? No, uh, Scott. Did Scotland qualify for the World Cup? They so did not. So he'll be uh, leaning on his English heritage then. I would assume. Well, it's good news for the people of Qatar, isn't it? Because he's not running around stabbing everyone out there. So. <laughs> Chopping people's hands off. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sharon said she slept through 85% of, of uh, AEW full gear. Yes. And, and then Dan says you, you slept through a podcast recording as well. That is a total, disgusting, heinous lie. Was I did it not. Horrific speak. Doctor Who episode that you both were definitely not looking forward to. No, 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 that's already been recorded, mate. No worries about that. I definitely did not sleep through a podcast recording. That is a disgusting, untrue accusation. It sounds I, true. I slept in far too late and slept through the time it would have taken me to watch the show before the recording. So we had to rearrange because I didn't because I hadn't actually watched the episodes because I was snoozing till forty minutes before we were supposed to press the little red button. Always the professional mags burning the candle at both ends. Well, I was like, watching AW look. So, well, there we go. I didn't even have a beer, mate. I didn't even have a beer whilst the pay per was on. Maybe you should have had a beer and you would have yeah. woke up. Yeah, maybe. I'll bear that in mind for next time. <laughs> <laughs> there we go ah so then speaking of making sure the, the show is professional and streamlined and firing through everything we have to do i guess magsy we better chuck some crap into the hall of lame so we can get that done and then move on talk about some lame tattoos let's do it the Lame, lame, lame indeed. What you got for us, Max? Yeah, so luckily enough, man should be a pretty quick one. Um, when you uh, think of great wrestling families, um, one name usually comes to the top, the forefront, and that's the the Hart Window. family. Oh, sorry, absolutely that that <laughs> name that name is a skid mark on the underpants of wrestling. You watch your damn mouth. <laughs> no, you, you think of wrestling families, you think of the hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the uh, the 
the patriarch of the family, Stu Hart, that how many uh, wrestling careers has he influenced with his uh, with his training and, and running of Stampede Wrestling? You think of Bret Hart, probably one of the most technically gifted wrestlers we've ever seen. Owen Hart had the potential to be even better than his uh, than his brother and had a great match with everybody. Um, there was just so much so much wrestling talent in that family. I mean, even the, the king of hearts, um, Bruce Hart, such a brilliant, talented wrestler. But in every family, there's that one black sheep, that one bad apple, okay. that one turd in the punch ball. And in the Hart family, that turd in the punch ball is Teddy Hart. Right. Now, Teddy Hart is the same age as us, sir. 42 years old. I'm not 42. Well, you, you are 42, aren't you? Know? No, I'm not, I'm not fucking 42. How old Everyone are you? keeps aging me and laughing about how old. I'm not 42. I, I'm sure you're 42, but anyway. I'm not. I'm 41. I'm not 42 till February. <laughs> okay, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> you, You're touching on the door of 42. Jesus wept. I'm not touching on the I haven't even opened the garden gate yet, mate. I'm not touching on the fucking door. <laughs> anyway, back to the Hall of Lame. Uh, so, yeah. so Teddy Hart, um, he had the potential to be the best of all the hearts, um, the guy, um, he, he, he had the, the half lane skill of a, of a young Owen Hart, uh, but he also had, uh, the technical skill, uh, of a, of a young Brett. So the potential there for Teddy Hart, uh, was phenomenal to the point that he actually became the, the youngest ever, uh, signee to the, to the WWF, uh, signing on his 18th birthday. Um, Unfortunately, um, Teddy Hart has got a massive chip on his shoulder and has got huge delusions of grandeur because within a year of, uh, of, of signing with the WWF, he was released because he had attitude problems. Um, he then ended up um, in uh, the Indies, ended up in Ring of Honor, uh, where he started to really make a name for himself. And then he uh, he uh, wrestled at uh, I think it was final battle uh, and start. Oh no, it, it wasn't. It was a, 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 a scramble cage match where he started um, doing moves after the match when he was meant to have lost. Uh, doing shooting star presses and moon salts uh, to to his uh, fellow competitors. Uh, really kind of breaking the fourth wall of wrestling, but then also. Just being a massive, massive douchebag uh, to to his fellow wrestlers. He said it's because he had concussion, uh, but uh, he pissed a lot of people off uh, that day, and he ended up being released from uh, from um, from Ring of Honor. He then uh, made his way to to TNA, where he was ended up being released from there as well because he had a, an altercation with uh, CM Punk, which actually. Uh, was related to the, the 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 scramble cage match, uh, and Sabu had to step in and separate the two from from farting. That's Sabu, because um, he's the voice of reason. Exactly. <laughs> so when Sabu jumps in, you know that shit is hitting the fan. Yeah. Um. So then he uh, 
he went back to the Indies and he ended up in Jersey uh, All Pro Wrestling. Uh, stuck around for a, for a couple of years there until uh, he had problems with the promoter and then was stripped of the of the title and released from the company. He did eventually make his way back to uh, the the WWE, but um, after a year or so, again he was released um, because people were. Had issues with with him, and uh, he was becoming a bit of a problem backstage. So that in itself, all all those issues that he he had in in wrestling, um, is enough to put him in into into the Hall of Fame uh, on that alone. But then we get to uh, his out his laugh outside the wrestling ring. Mm. Uh, so this guy has had a, a lot of legal issues shall we say so we'll we'll go in a chronological order uh in 2014 um he uh was uh wanted by the royal uh, canadian mounted police um on charges of sexual assault with uh with two women uh in 2017 he was arrested in texas uh with a dui uh, a re- uh evading arrest and then grand theft auto in February 2020, 2020 he had a busy year. Um, <laughs> he was arrested in uh, and charged with possession of a controlled drug with the intent to sell or de- uh, distribute. March of 2020, he was again arrested in Virginia for violating his bail conditions, uh, where he's meant to stay under house arrest. Three weeks later, he was arrested again in Virginia, uh, where he, this uh, was pretty pretty grim. He had assaulted his uh, girlfriend, who was a female wrestler called Maria Manick. Um, uh, this was at uh, the house of another uh, independent wrestler who was called Ace Montana. Um, Ace Montana actually said he had to pull a gun on Teddy Hart to get him off uh, to get him off Maria. Oh uh, the, the cops were called and he, um, Teddy Hart was arrested and charged with strangulation and uh, bodily harm. Then um, in October of 2020, he was arrested again in Texas. And this time he was charged with injuring a disabled person, again, evading arrest and then being in possession of a controlled substance. February, he was arrested again for uh, all the same charges, this time back in, in Virginia. So, yeah, um, my entrant this week, and I don't think there'll be any argument, is the the toss part that is Teddy Hart. Jeez, that's quite a list. I'll, I'll tell you what the best thing to do with, with someone like that, who, I mean, ultimately, everyone, I think, deserves a chance to turn their life around. But when it gets to a point when they just look like they're just going to, you know, they're on a... On a crash course no matter what what you could do with teddy hart is he and tammy sitch sunny could get married and then you can just build them their own little house somewhere on an island stick them both out there and just let them self-implode on their own because mm-hmm. then they're not going to affect anybody else are they exactly exactly um it's just it, what makes it sad for me though is the the potential that he had i mean mm. there was a time when the the wrestling world was raving about teddy hart and yeah. he could be the next big thing from from Stu hart's dungeon and then he just self imploded yeah it's crazy and and as well because of the surname 
and the fact he's he's relatively talented in the ring, or, or at least one point was. For a while, he was always going to get bookings, regardless of reputation, mm-hmm. wasn't he? The, you know, he still Coulter does. Always, yeah, yeah, he, st- he still would get bookings now because it's the heart name sells tickets. But mm. when you are uh, assaulting people and 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 distributing drugs and and the whole stuff about uh, the sexual assault charges, yeah, that's that's incredibly grim. Um, he Wasn't sh- there? Also issues with underage girls at one point. It it would not surprise me. I can't comment on that. Uh I don't want to out him as a nonce. You know me. Mm. I like to I like to give people the benefit of the noncey doubt, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> the benefit of the noncey doubt. <laughs> Uh, no, a very worthy entrant, my friend. A very worthy Teddy Hart. What a bastard. Get in the bin. Uh, mine is keeping very much in theme with what we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks. We've had a very big, I suppose, Hell in the Cell running vibe throughout this ep- throughout the last few episodes of Chain Wrestling. Yep. So I decided to have a look at that particular match type and see what I could find out about bad Hell in the Cells. Is there anything worth looking at? And maybe looking up from there, obviously we've already put the Punjabi prison match into the Hall of Lame, and rightfully so, because that is absolutely terrible. But what ended up happening when I was looking into this, Maxi, was I'm now not just going to put a match in. It's what, what I've got is so bad, it ends up being the whole feud, and then the match that concludes it. This is a feud over the hardcore title, so straight away it's not going to be that great. And we're going back to September 1999, if that rings any bells for anybody. And potentially Unforgiven 99, that may narrow it down a little bit for people out there who are playing the guessing game along with us. No? Al Snow and the boss man? The the dog kennel from hell. There we go. Who let the dogs out? So, very quickly, for the feud itself, over the Hardcore Championship, Al Snow and the Bossman were having matches about that. Uh, at one stage, the Bulldog beat the Bossman for the title and then just gave it to Al Snow. So that's worthy of an entrance into the Hall of Lame in itself. That's ridiculous. In another contest between the Bossman and Al Snow over the Hardcore title, the Bossman stole Al Snow's little dog. By the name of Pepper, Pepper, I believe. Pepper. And what followed was Al Snow eating some food that the boss man made him by way of apology or trying to be his friend or whatever it may well have been. And these turned out to be, shall we say, Pepper burgers, but not because <laughs> they had a bit of a kick to them. Pepper pie. Pepper, yes, there we go. <laughs> this, uh, oh my God, it already, I'm thinking, I, I could, st- I could stop here. I could stop here. This is already bad enough. But it, this this whole crazy nonsense feud with people stealing and eating dogs led us to the... Uh, w- what was the proper name for it, Maxie? The Kennel of Hell match, the I think they referred to? Kennel of Hell match, yeah. Dog Kennel of Hell. And we had the Hell in the Cell. And inside the Hell in the Cell was another cage, which that in itself is an intriguing prospect to me. Maybe we, you know, they could do something with that. It, get, it opens up all sorts of, you know, different avenues for creative booking and so on. However, to make it this dog kennel from hell match, they had lots of dogs in it. So between the main cage that was around the ring 
and then the gap that as you know, any wrestling fans that have seen a hell and so much will be familiar with the gap from the ring to the actual cell. Mm-hmm. There was these supposedly, as we were told in the build-up, rabid, scary, hungry dogs who were incredibly dangerous and would bite people if they, you know, got to that part of the ring. And to win, you had to escape both cages. So there was that added peril of when you get through the first cage, oh no, these terrible, scary, I think they were Rottweilers, weren't they? These terrible, scary Rottweilers would yeah. rip at your flesh. However, these dogs were not interested in fighting. These dogs were not interested in biting our snow or the boss man. Oh no. These dogs were interested in three things. Pissing, shitting, and shagging. And that's what they did. All over the (laughs) the three best things. All over the correct order as well. (laughs) The unforgiven 99 pay-per-view. This was also very, very high up the card, mind. I think it may actually have been the semi-main event. Or at least third down on the card, so it was a big deal. This this match, and these dogs were literally crapping all over the the, the ringside area, pissing everywhere. Apparently, people at ringside said it stank; it was disgusting. And then, rather than being incredibly full of rage and angry, these dogs were just incredibly horny and just tried fucking each other. It's brilliant watching them back, and the 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 commentary trying to sell how angry and how vicious these dogs were, and you see him going to sleep and taking a shit. Uh, it's so, so bad. Eventually, Al Snow wins the match by hitting the boss man with head, and he escapes both cages, sneaking past the puddles of piss and pile, pile <laughs> and whatever. I don't know if I can let this in. I may you have, have got to, to be kidding me. I may have to beat on this because it's, it's brilliant. It's terrible. It's not. But Al really... Snow ate his own dog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's Mate, from this Korea. is Korea. This is from Korea. <laughs> Al Snow's from Korea. Was that one of his guises when he was European champion? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, a bit out of Europe. Just, just a smidgen out of Europe. Yeah, it might have just been a bit confused. But there we go. <laughs> but those are your entrants to this week's chain wrestling hall of lame. We have Teddy Hart, the absolute bell end. And the whole boss man, Al Snow, Pepper the Dog, shit, piss, cage match at Unforgiven 99, basically. And I think both fully deserve their place, Bagsy. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Let's scan through the chat, my friend, before we get on to this week's non-wrestling topic. Um, We've got uh, Pig's Bladder in the the chat. Hello, how are you? Um, Dan says, oh God, Teddy Hart bringing the sport of Jimmy Savile into disrepute on a regular basis. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Scottish Danny, getting released from Ring Runner must take some bloody doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, was it uh, Joey Mercury who tried to get released from there for forever by shitting on the company and they still wouldn't let him go? No. Nope. <laughs> Pretty sure Crammy Sports have done an in-depth episode on Teddy Hart. Um, if... You should send me a link to it then, Dan, if it's uh, on YouTube. I'd, I'd, I'd like to watch that because, yeah, he was just actually a prick. Um, mm-hmm. Teddy Hart did have a match on Velocity. I mean, <laughs> Velocity, Jesus, that's hitting the hearts. The best thing about Velocity was the logo. That was a cool logo. That was quite <laughs> Um Classic Bad Hell in a Cell. Um, WrestleMania 15, Taker versus Bossman. The one where they hung Bossman and... Yeah. 
it just yeah, it's 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 brutal. It's um, not good. Teddy Hart was implicated in the disappearance of a woman who was dating a nonce he trained with. I think Jesus Christ, and it, it just gets worse. Didn't see that? Oh wow! Uh, the WCW Hardcore Belt is uh, better than the WF Hardcore Belt, and I'd actually go one further. The Saskatchewan Hardcore International Title is better than both of them. Hell in a Cell plus Cage plus Dog Shit equals Profit. Dan Griffin. <laughs> I mean, how did they think that that was going to make money? I'll tell you what will be a good idea. Have loads of dogs. I mean, what if they were angry, rabid dogs? Then you're just putting two wrestlers in there to get, to get rabies, to get bit up. Yeah, I mean, all it takes is for them. There's like, no uh... win. If, 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 all it takes is for them to literally just, just punch them in the wrong place. And mm-hmm. they're fucked. They're done. Yeah. They bite you in the neck. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Exactly. It, but luckily, we got the best outcome. Shitting yeah. and pissing and shagging. Yeah, there's no need to worry about those animals. They're all just up for a loving. <laughs> Imagine playing from Ross <laughs> ticket passes to smell dog shit. <laughs> Scottish Danny. <laughs> it sounds like a UK indie show. Scottish Danny by Dan Griffin. <laughs> Uh, they should have done a piranha tank death match. I've seen a piranha tank death match, mm. and they are pretty brutal. So, yeah, yeah that's and the, also really the chat caught up. Oh, definitely also, silly. Yeah. Some of that FMW stuff of Onito and I, it's just absolute nonsense, but it's kind of mesmerizing at the same time. You can't help mm. but watch. Yeah, it's 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 gruesome, but uh, but yeah, it's uh dan said no youtube link uh for cramming sports sadly uh audio on there i'll uh i'll look it up on on podcast republic mm-hmm. or wherever you may get your podcasts where you should be subscribed to the sjp world media <laughs> exactly. network by now see Everyone teed it up and, and yeah, knocks it out of the park people need to subscribe please i need to subscribe to everywhere that carries podcasts spotify itunes uh all, all these places podcast republic podcast addict uh google and then leave us reviews as well because i cannot express enough how much it will help the network out and yeah there subscribe we go. to the youtube as well well yes. you're giving a yes. little subscribe you know you want yeah. to and the little bell thing as well whatever that does <laughs> definitely, definitely click my bell Click my bell. Right, Magsy. Shall we get on to our non-wrestling topic this week? NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> filthy, Flat filthy, filthy. if i ever change that which i probably will do at some stage if i ever change that little jingle there that belch is staying 100 percent just take all the rest i'll just have it a a 20 second belch shall we talk our non-wrestling topic right let's go um (laughs) we are talking tattoos uh and it's uh, the sort of suggestions that were made on twitter were very much a case of tattoos you would like if you could have anything you wanted at all, if that is what you so desire, uh, or if you could put a tattoo on a celebrity, what would they have? Or even for people in the CWF, Magsy, myself, other CWF members, you know, what should they have done and why? And we've had some quite amusing comments back, Mags, haven't we? We have, uh, but none 
are better than this one. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that now. This tattoo is glorious, but also horrific. That's what you should have. That you should have. That. I, mean, on, on. That, I mean, that looks like me now, and I say that word quite a lot. <laughs> that's how we start most recordings before we actually press the red button. That's how you. <laughs> oh, it's Monday again, is it? Hello, you. Yeah. <laughs> we begin with Chris at eighty-two, not underscore Chris. Straight away. Oh, I think I think Mag should get the cordy neck tattoo. No, Chris, because I am not a nonce like Cordy. I've already got. I've already got a neck tattoo. Anyway, I've got. My wife's nickname there on on my neck. Have you? Let me full screen me. There, look, Lou. Oh yeah, that's my wife's nickname. I've never seen that before. Well, it's only been there for what seventy live episodes. Well, I did miss a few sixty-five-ish live episodes. Right. So, what? What have you, have you just wearing a baggy t-shirt, or have you had a shave? Because I've never seen it before. Oh, it's literally on the on the screen every single week. Oh man, I really need my eyes tested. You know, I can't read anything that's on the screen now. Nothing at all. <laughs> wow, you've got <laughs> bland. Yeah, Sharon in the chat will probably uh, confirm that my eyesight is not the greatest. Uh, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. He says, an idea I've always toyed with is a half sleeve of various wrestling masks or face paints. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sadly, as you never know what may come out about wrestlers, I've never got it. Yeah, that's a good shape. Can you imagine if he gets a, a massive cane tattoo and it turns out that Glenn Jacobs was definitely a paedophile? Do you know, I think I feel that we've, you, well, not we, you have used the word nonce <laughs> and paedophile so much in this opening 35 minutes that you've probably used uh, your quota barely, for this week's show. Barely. Used <laughs> I'll have to uh, listen back. Yeah. Dan also says, I think Sami Zayn should get a massive bloodline tattoo across the top of his back. Now I'll beat that. He should have a bloodline tattoo as a tramp stamp across his arse, the top of his arse. <laughs> Oh, oh, one saying feeling Use. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was brilliant. That that whole segment where he, he gets Roman uh, and the Usos to corpse is brilliant. They're, they're goals. All of them are just all of them. Are so he, good. he is right now the best thing in professional wrestling, oh. without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, I, I would give an argument for MJF, but for different reasons. No, yeah. I mean, in. For for WWE at least, then he's yes. the best thing happening happening today. Exactly, you sound a bit Ric Flairish, then, mate. Um, <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin's partner in crime, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. He says, "If you could have anything done, you could start by paying off the mortgage." Oh. Right, Mister <laughs> Preachy, bloody hell! Hey. Eh? <laughs> Straight to the point. I'm not wasting bloody money on tattoos. I can pay off a hundred quid off my mortgage instead. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can't do that because my mortgage, you know, defaulted and they took my house. So I just rent now. Huh. Sod you, Rob. I win. Sort of. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he needs a cat. Dan Griffin, he needs a capital R and his left arm to a man on the right. So when he bends off, <laughs> it says Roman. 
Or if he wants to <laughs> really kind of stick the knife in, get Jay Oos and then bends over and Jay Uso. Oh, brilliant. I'm assuming we're still talking about Rob here. Rob should have a Roman title. <laughs> Uh, Rob does say here, um, first one that leaps to mind is Gary Monk getting a massive David Wagner tattoo. I don't know who these people are. So, so was is Gary Monk not the former Coventry player? David Wagner uh, managed Sheffield Wednesday. So unless it's Gary Monk is managing Sheffield United and... Perhaps. Uh, we're going to have to get some sort of footballing background to that. I imagine uh, Dan Griffin in the chat will be able to help us out. I'm not sure. Uh, and he also says here, does Rob, at Millwall Chris 1, QPR Crest to cement at Bang Bang Andy and my theory that we should be allowed to mock him on QPR lose. That's fair. Yeah, and, I reckon that works. Yeah, and then that uh, Chris said, uh, this sounds like the reverse of football's Mark Bertram, who claims he's a QPR fan, but has a large Millwall tattoo. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, uh, Connor Knows Soccer, at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter, who has just popped into the chat now saying, hello, gentlemen. Hello, Connor, my hello, friend. Hello, sir. I hope you had a fun stream for Wales and, uh, and the States. I checked in for a, a few moments before I had to sort of continue my prep for this show. That's right. I do prepare. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I do. And he was very, very animated and into it and passionate, which is great stuff to see. And Connor also mentioned maybe he should get one of those uh, heart monitors for the next time United States play and try okay. and link it up to the screen to see how his heart rate reacts. And I think that would be fantastic viewing. Because... a better one, get one of those TENS machines. And every time um, the states let a goal, and he electrocutes himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, why why does your fun. mind go there? That's <laughs> it'll be fun. You never know. Oh, that's Con ratings gold. Connor on a stream like when England tub him six 0 and he's just shaking like a shitty dog. <laughs> 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 Kane goes forward and he's to Sterling and... <laughs> uh, Connor, let us know your thoughts on how the United States did this afternoon. I'll uh, pay for the evening. tens machine if you're going to do it. <laughs> and let us know what you think about the next game because that is against us, isn't it? Uh, our, our England side. So let us know what you think there. But Connor says uh, his family has both Scottish and Irish roots. So I would get well. That's a shame, isn't it? You're you know Scottish, Irish, and you're going all the way around the good part of where we are, but you're on the outside, aren't you? So my family they're, is both Scottish. Uh, what? I'd argue that they're the best part of Great Britain, to be quite fair. <laughs> yeah, that's because you don't come down to Gloucester very often and see where the quality really yeah. is, mate. And I, I, I wouldn't want to. Fair enough. My, <laughs> uh, sorry, Connor. He says, my family has both Scottish and Irish roots, so I would get something like a weaved design on my arm from my wrist to about halfway up my arm, stopping in the middle as like an homage to my family's or origin. Yeah, that's quite nice. Some sort of Celtic kind of vibe, I suppose, Magsy. Or a like a flag, just the two flags mixed in together. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe a haggis and a cloverleaf. Or a thistle. <laughs> a thistle would be better than a haggis, wouldn't it? What's wrong with a haggis? Well, nothing's wrong with a haggis. But if that was a good shout. Get a haggis yeah. tattoo now, just to spark, just to spark a sigh. 
Okay, a, a haggis wearing a kilt with a little so face weird. on it. I'll tell you what, because so you, you've got such a little round head, you look a little bit like a haggis. Well, <laughs> I have never been so offended in all of my life. <laughs> How very dare you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, the truth um, comes out. Oh, I'll dear. Pig's bladders in the chat, if you're there. <laughs> uh, a little bit of homework for you, my Do friend. Do not draw me or <laughs> Photoshop me as a haggis. <laughs> With a kilt on. <laughs> or as, as a faggot, as he was going to say. <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not meaning like a haggis with you know with a kilt on around it. I mean literally, just around haggis and the kilt around the you know that sort of thing is it was what's in my mind. But you know, see what you can do. Um, <laughs> uh, at Morty underscore Fitch underscore Pod, the Morty and Fitch show on Twitter. <laughs> Apparently, they would like hashtag Spagos on their arse, which is the name for their. Uh, they're listening tribe, I suppose, Mags, isn't it? It is. Uh, Dan Griffin in the chat, a Magus. A Magus. Oh, man. That's got to be a T-shirt if he does that for us. That's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not on here to be mocked. Are you incessantly. not? Yes. I could I, stay at home for that. Then in that case, I've completely misunderstood our relationship. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> only two years in of recording, and it's just been incessant mocking. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> Morty and Fitch podcast also have a little image for us here saying this is what they would have tattooed on them. And I imagine it to be a massive big back piece, shoulder to shoulder, all the way down the little, with the little flames going at the top of your arse crack. So for, for the audio, this no words can do this picture justice, <laughs> but you have got, uh, you've got Fitch. No, you've got Morty dressed Kind of like David Williams, would you say? Very David Williams looking. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then you've got <laughs> you've got Fitch who looks a little bit like Nick Knowles holding a frog. And is that a knitted dildo? Looks it like a knitted look, dildo. I mean, that won't be much use, would it? <laughs> it might be a, a dildo warmer. You never know. Oh, because nobody likes a cold dildo. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> they stood in front. I mean, neither of them have got any legs. Let's just <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Uh, but they stood in front of um, basically a hog roast <laughs> with the head of Dan Griffin um, over the fire. It's uh, amazing. And Dan in the chat, the irony that I'm being roasted, uh, I roasted Fitch far worse than I am getting roasted in that picture. Exactly. Yeah. great artwork i listened (laughs) to the episode i listened to an episode that particular episode fitch versus griffin and it was funny it was very funny and they had like an insults battle at the beginning back and forth and as much as i i I love fitch he cracks me up dan griffin annihilated the guy Mm -hmm. it was very good fitch would have cried i think afterwards you reckon yeah he looks like a crier doesn't he yeah okay well, in what context? When you know, is, is there a, a knitted dildo? So, in what context is <laughs> and a he? Frog. Look, he looks like a crier. Okay, yeah. um, <laughs> that's why the dildo's knitted to dry up his tears. Ah, I'm glad you said tears. Anyway, use it as lubricant for. Oh, for God's sake, <sighs> the nuns. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> oh, this is it, isn't it? This is the episode. This is yeah. the one that's going to get us cancelled. Fitch definitely sheds a tear, Paul's crafting. <laughs> <laughs> during, I don't even uh, think Paul, during. I think pre, he does a pre cry before masturbating. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Millwall Chris, at Millwall Chris 1 on Twitter. This is brilliant as well. Oh. He says, and this is one for you, Danny. Get down the tattoo shops. Uh, well, you could do it yourself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Prison style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, again, for those on the audio version. I mean, I'll share these images again oh, when the audio version comes Lord. out. So check our our Facebook and our Twitter pages at chain underscore wrestling. And you'll see these images we are talking about as you are listening. Uh, Mill Chris has shared an image of a young girl and a knife. And it simply says, stabity stab, stab. <laughs> Works for me that. Uh, what do you reckon, Danny? Yeah, that, that suits him to a T. Absolutely suits him yeah. to a T. 100%. Uh, Mill Chris continues. Uh, Andy at Bang Bang Podcast should get a tattoo of Marvin Elliott because he knows how much Andy loves him. Andy responded, an absolute legend, and I'm going to be surprising absolutely nobody when I say I don't know who Marvin Elliott is. I predict he plays for Bristol City. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, Scottish Danny himself, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, he says, always thought it was crazy how The Undertaker got this tattoo, meaning the Sarah one on his neck mm-hmm. where, uh, well, it was his ex. They were married, weren't they? Him and th- yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, it was Sarah who was stalked by DDP. Yes, that's true. What a great use of a three-time world champion that was. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn, Vince McMahon. Why can't we have nice things? Uh, he says it was crazy how then they got this tattoo and then when they got divorced, got an even worse one to cover it up. <laughs> Must have been painful in more ways than one. He had it lasered off as well, Maxie, didn't he? Before yeah, he- which is brutal. Yeah, uh, there was a, a little period where you could see it fading from the from the laser treatment. Uh, but lasering tattoos, is it's more painful than having the tattoo. Right, okay. it's, it's really brutal. But yeah, he did ruin, ruin a, a tattoo with an even worse one. So I do agree yeah. with, with Scottish Danny there. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, our good friend at Pig's Bladders, here he is here saying, Bret Hart to get a Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed. No, I am going to ask for an explanation. Not about why, but what. Would he have the Goldberg, almost tribal Goldberg pattern done? Or would he have literally a Goldberg's face? You know, that's what I want to know. What would Bret Hart have done? He would have that tattoo. <laughs> But with Goldberg's face and the same words, the same words underneath, and just 174 and 0 underneath that. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, at Bang Bang Podcast, Pig Spider says here to get hair tattooed on his head. <laughs> so mean. So mean. Again, it's self explanatory as to why. Oh dear. Ah, uh, yeah, you get all sorts now for people who are losing their hair, and that, don't you? Yeah, wigs they're called. Okay, and um, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine rocking up to a, a recording of Bang Bang and Andy's there with a wig? I I hope he would have 
a, a, like a, like an afro, like the Scouser wig. Do you know what I mean? Like Graham Sundance <laughs> in the seventies. You know, yeah. that's what I'm like. Yeah, knowing Andy, it would get a wig and it'd still be like. A, a, a Freya tux style and then with a comb over. <laughs> so when it's windy, he gains a foot in height because his hair does that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Andy. Don't worry. Honestly, mate, we're so sorry. <laughs> MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says, if it wasn't such a sensitive area, who are misses, I would like a black circle on my heel to create the impression of a tar heel. Won't mean anything to you, but for followers of college sports, they will know that means I'm a big fan of the University of North Carolina. North Carolina? Woo! Um, you're right. It doesn't mean anything to us. And you didn't explain, so it still means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm assuming that their sports team is nicknamed the Tar Heels. I have no idea why. Maybe that's where they make tar in the States. But on a, bla- no. a black circle on, on you... On your heel, that the heel. Oh, I'm thinking the sole. Yeah, on yeah, the heel heels, makes sense now. The heel's the the bit the, the bit behind your foot, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's at the end. I was thinking the sole, and then like, why would you get a tattoo on the bottom of your foot? But now it makes sense. Sorry, Graham. It doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't know what it means. Black like a heel, like tar. You know, like yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm I'm aware of what tar. Yes, I know what color tar is. <laughs> for crying out loud what is what is wrong with you tonight why are you the way you are what's going on i have no idea lack <laughs> of sleep and just being made to watch two wrestling matches so but yeah mm, it's yeah. black on this heel They're like a tar heel i would assume cwf in the chat do a bit of research for us and we'll carry on running through these messages. Let's look up the Tar Heel and University of North Carolina college sports and so on. And, and, and let us know what that means because I'm none the wiser. No, me neither. Uh, we come to one of my favorites, one of my favorite parts of the show, the at total Steve-O section of the show. Everybody say what time is it? It's Steve-O. Uh, and Steve-O hasn't actually given us any suggestions for, for tattoos for himself. He just caught on a mad rant. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Steve-O has got some bloody incredible artwork on in mind. You know, the mm-hmm. tattoos I see on his live videos and all that, absolutely you know, really impressive stuff. It looks fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Steve-O says, tattoos are a funny one with me. Some people just shouldn't get them, whereas some people look great with them. Simple example, Seamus did his workout video with Ricochet recently. Seamus would look ridiculous with a tattoo. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> would, would he? <laughs> but Ricochet would looks like awesome with them. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he would. But Ricochet looks awesome with them. A perfect example of terrible tattoos is Michael Cole. Those random sailor-style ones. I get it, tats have always followed trends, but some trends just don't last, and people of that age, 50s onwards, I think, look terrible. Okay. I'm still in the process of trying to get my left leg completed. More flowers, he says here. And finish the upper thigh of my right leg. But these projects take so long, especially when, in my case, I don't live in the area my tattoo artist is. It's been two years. Obviously, I'd imagine lockdown and, and, and the pandemic would have played a part in that as well, Mags, I would guess, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to put in perspective, steve says, I used to see him two times a month. 
Okay. I always think of Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant's attack on people that say, have a look at my tattoo. I say, that's brilliant. And what I'm really thinking is, that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says in brackets, I know Sai will butcher the way that's delivered. Lol. Correct. <laughs> did I butcher that, did I? No, you just, you don't sound like how Steve would sound that song. Okay. Well, I, what you do then? You, you sound like Steve-O. I'd sound absolutely nothing like Steve-O whatsoever. All right. So but, then why am I getting criticized for not sounding like Steve-O? I didn't criticize you. I'm just saying... Steve-O's criticizing me for not sounding crazy. like him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tone up my Steve-O impression for next week. Uh, yes, that's my homework for this week, Max. Uh, <laughs> Steve-O continues. I feel the same if anyone goes out their way, and I get it a lot. Here's my tattoo. 99 times out of 100, I politely smile, but reality is I cringe inside. Literally happened to me on Saturday. Guy showed me his rib tattoo. I thought inside, you paid 600 quid for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I know I'm answering opposite, but other wrestlers, I think, awful. Austin has one randomly on his leg. Maybe that's why he has only the one. Realized it doesn't suit and looks terrible. I can't it's imagine. It's Texas, though. Yes, that's it is. I don't, think, I don't think his looks too bad, to be honest, where it is, isn't it? No, but no. he's another guy like, like Seamus that would look ridiculous if he had, like, body tattoos. Yeah. Uh, Steve also says, I can't imagine Triple H having any. It would look bad. And I think because Triple H is such a body guy, it yeah. would. And again, I suppose it's. I suppose it's what we're used to as well, because Batista's a body guy, using him as an example, because we're, we're talking about him later on. And the first time we saw him, he had tattoos. So that's what we've yeah. become accustomed to. Yeah. Triple H has never had tattoos, so it'd be weird if all of a sudden he had one, I guess. Yeah, and then, and then you've got like the middle ground with like people like Randy Orton, who, when he came into the, the WWE, had one tattoo, the, the, the one on the back of his neck. And that's like that's grown into like the, the two arm pieces. So there's, there is a, a, a bit of a difference there, but uh, triple H I think would, would look weird now mm. with a tattoo because we haven't seen him with any tattoos for like 25 years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, again, I think it's kind of what we're used to, I suppose. And Steve obviously <laughs> knows a lot about tattoos and, and he, he knows what he likes and so on. Uh, <sighs> I think it can be difficult if you've got a certain type of tattoo or certain design you like, you may not necessarily like whatever people have done, but it's each of their own, isn't it? I guess. But I do agree. Michael Cole looks an absolute bastard. I've never seen Michael Cole's tattoo. Go back to WrestleMania when he, when he worked a match. with. Um, ah, uh, yeah. 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 In fact, yeah. Make sure you do do that. I want you to watch that. Cause it's I'm terrible. not going to watch <laughs> unless it's one, unless it's your pick. And it's we end up with a draw again. It's not. My pick is a belter this week, mate. Don't you worry about that. We'll get to that later. Uh, Steve-O says here as well, CM Punk was part inspiration for his chess piece. Uh, and yeah, that's it. That's all we got, mate. Oh, well. Uh, some great answers by the, the CWF. Oh, I did have one more. I apologize. It was via... Brilliant. Um, it was via WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. And it's from my middle daughter, Livy, who in a week's time... We'll be getting ready. Well, by now she would have had it, I'd imagine. She'd be having the operation on her on her injury, on her knee, her damaged ligaments and so on. So, you know, wishing you good luck with that lives. I know I'll see you beforehand, but I just want to say it on here as well. You know, wishing you good luck with that lives. Everything will be fine. Uh 
Liv says that her and her friend Vanessa, when they're older, want to have a palm tree done each. There's no context to it. She just said palm tree. I imagine there is a story, but she probably won't tell me because I'm her dad. And um, <laughs> and she also says M&M should get some M&Ms done. On it. <laughs> and I, I, I'd like that as well. I think that's quite good. It, that would be, it'd be comical, but he's like 50 odd now. So a sleeve of M&Ms in the colors all the way down. Just loads. Just like a packet of M&Ms. Yeah. Just one bag. <laughs> just tipping out. Yeah. Yeah. That would look great. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Magsy, what about yourself with regards to tattoos you would like to have done or tattoos you think other members of the CWF would have? Um, I think I've finished with my tattoo phase for now. I think I've got, at last count, about 25 different tattoos. Uh, nothing as, like, uh, as elaborate as a, as a huge kind of like arm sleeve or anything like that. I've got song lyrics on my, on both of my legs. Yes, I do have legs, Matt from five nerds go. Um, <laughs> I've got, um, an angel, uh, on my back as well. Uh, but that needs finishing. So I think that'll probably be the, the tattoo that I'll get finished and then that'll be it for from that but i've got uh, lorraine's name down my arm there there mm-hmm. and song lyrics there uh some russian writing i've got lorraine on my finger there oh yeah okay so and behind the ear i've got lorraine's initial so if i uh ever Divorce Lorraine, I have to lob this whole arm off. It's got to all go. <laughs> or you could just wear a long sleeve top. Yeah, I could. Or get some, <laughs> get some, or just laser them off and just put a shit of tattoo there, like Undertaker. Like um, a load of M&Ms all the way down your arm. That that sounds like a quality tattoo. Mm. Yeah, mm. I might get that. I won't. I, th- I think you should. Instead of like a, a prison tear, just like a... <laughs> Yeah, um, other than that, yeah, I think my, my tattooing days are done. What about yourself? Have you any tattoos? I've got a couple and they're all shit. Um, just random bloody shapes and shit that were done like oh, 20 odd years yeah. ago and I've that, got you a know. A couple of spiders yeah, there. All this sort of nonsense. Um across. Oh, I have got that one. There. This is this is fantastic audio, by the way. Um, <laughs> it is first ever tattoo. Nice. When I was like seventeen. That is awesome. That is awesome. I've got this one here. This was the last one I had done, and this was me and Sharon were in our first house. So that was bloody hell, thirteen years ago, maybe four. I don't know. Sharon will correct me in the chat if she's still listening. But uh, yeah, it's a long our first when we first got together. We've been together fourteen years now. Yeah. So yeah. And a friend of hers did this for me, and it's actually the front cover from I can't turn my arm that way. The front cover from the Velvet Revolver album Contraband, mm-hmm. where the guys from Guns N' Roses are in it with the ex singer from Stone Temple Pilots. And they split up, they did two albums, they were good. I saw them live a few times, thought it was fantastic. And then I saw Slash Rock Super Group, yeah, exactly. And then I saw Slash a couple of years after the band had split up. And he'd had the tattoo done himself as well. So now everyone thinks I copied Slash, but I had it first. But Slash had it on his penis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it looks like she's crouching down on a cold day. Um, 
stuff I'd like to get done. Again, it always comes down to money and, and financially it's never really going to be viable, I don't think, but I'd like, I'd like a sleeve done to cover up some of the crap I've already got. And in that sleeve, I would like an Eddie from Iron Maiden. I would like um, the, the Kiss faces, the makeup from the Kiss guys. I'd like a little mm-hmm. TARDIS from Doctor Who in there somewhere. All, all things that mean a great deal to me incorporated. Yeah. And you mentioned about song lyrics and so on. Um, there's a couple of lyrics I would like that. But one an idea that Sharon had that I thought was absolutely fantastic was having the intro to our wedding song, the, the, our first dance. I was hoping um, you were going to say the intro to Chain Wrestling, then that would. Be- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but written in musical note form, just the first line or two, uh, and both having it done on us somewhere, and we would know what that is, and nobody else would would really. And I, I really like that idea. But again, it's <laughs> you know timing and getting range. And my wife's got some fantastic tattoos as well. She's got song lyrics and band logos and what well, not logos logos but if you know the band you know what it means and i love that yeah. kind of insider kind of thing you know oh that's cool uh for you magsy i think you should get a great big blackburn rovers badge done right across your chest and then you should get uh got gloucester city our shit tattoo then on your, <laughs> on your forehead on my forehead <laughs> I just there's, plenty there's plenty of room <laughs> whoa what the fuck <laughs> what was that about <laughs> that's a bit harsh isn't it why oh dear oh we've got a message here from pig's bladders <laughs> Dawn, you are bastards. And there's the magus. I'll, it looks like a. I'm inside of a donut. I can't uh, get the light right. There we go. That's better. I hate the show. <laughs> that as well will be attached to the uh, audio version when it's released uh, via our Twitters, our Facebooks, and so on at Chain Underscore Wrestling. So if you're listening to the audio version later in the week, jump on your social medias, track down the the link to the show that we share and these pictures will be available on there for you to see just in case you have missed them on the live magazine a couple in the chat so i was gonna say let's dive on in uh dan griffin saying cam can't be in the chat tonight uh but he has got a massive koi carp tattoo he sent me a lengthy explanation as to why but i can't be fuck tapping it out <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you that is a better explanation than his actual explanation anyway uh also, Dan says, do your own fucking research, you lazy bastards. Dan, wow. it's just so, so aggressive today. Um, Scottish Danny says, Goldberg <laughs> on the Adam's apple. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> on the side of the, on, it should be on the side of the head, surely, where he got punted and like his brain got mushed. Like a portrait, so he can be like Two-Face. <laughs> just so a that, footprint. <laughs> that way that is Bret Hart. That way is Bill Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just Bill Goldberg's footprint, that that there bang. <laughs> with, with the, and with then initials. on the other side, just brain juice seeping down. It's been kicked in. The the print, the the boot print, like the initials, <laughs> yeah. written backwards BG and then left because <laughs> he, he has to have left and right on his boots. To know which one to put him on. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Dan says um, a drunk stranger once pulled his pants down a bit in the pub to show his tattoo. He had Super Mario Moina stripping to his pews. That song, that song, <laughs> sad. That's really, really oh. sad. Uh, that is amazing. 
And then we have um, Maggie says landed. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, normally, I'm appreciative of your artwork. Now I'm offended by your artwork. I love it. Sharon says, everybody pray that Jared Leto does no wrong, otherwise the removal will be expensive. Oh, <laughs> I, I can just see oh, those Jared Leto hashtag me too stories coming out. Jesus wept. And now I've got to get the Magus tattoo, apparently, according oh, to Dan. Definitely not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah, I'll just do it under tech. I'll go over that. I'll laser off Lou and I'll get the Magus tattoo there on the neck. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I'm just going out, Lev. I'll see you in a couple of hours. And you, you come <laughs> home and you've Put covered... Put a polo her. neck on and I'll, I'll <laughs> just sit like that for the rest of my life. And then, where's that name gone? What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a picture of you as a haggis in a fucking kilt. Uh, you, are, you are bastards to me. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. You're evil. I was going to try and think of some funny witticism to come back with them, but yeah, I'm it's just true. Really, it's yeah, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much to everybody in the chat and everyone on Twitter who topic. responded you... to our non-wrestling topic via, again, via the chat, tweets, retweets, sending in your suggestions. It's absolutely awesome. I imagine it is something we will revisit again sometime in the future because that was a good good topic max you guys absolutely knocked out of the park some genuine belly laughs with that topic so yeah well done guys yeah awesome stuff but at the early early time <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> let's we're gonna have to fill for time before we get to 11 o'clock to talk some wrestling oh we ain't gonna have to fill for time because these knobheads voted for two matches they did the tossers mm, let's get to uh, let's get ready to Right, the poll was a 50-50 draw. That was very right. Gloucester. Right there. Right there. <laughs> the right poll there. Was Let's a... get into this wrestling. <laughs> a 50-50 draw. Uh, I suppose it's the only way it could be a draw, isn't it? 50-50, but there we go. <laughs> so as is... Nobody voted, and then we got 0-0 zero, zero draw. Yeah, it very nearly was that nobody voted because I remember <laughs> Saturday afternoon I went, shit, I put the poll up. <laughs> so, yeah, very short poll this week. Um, yeah, both matches getting covered, Magsy, as is the chain wrestling way, my friend. And I think yeah. it's quite interesting because these involve the, the a version of the world title in the WWF or WWE. And it really shows how the company changes, I think, in, in literally just a 10-year spell, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. But yet, the the links between the, the majority of those uh, groups being friends as well. I mean, mm. you've got the whole links with the clickers. So in that decade, um, there was so many um, links in this match. So yeah, well, these matches, should I say. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where do you want to start, mate? Let's let's get through your pick first. Why why do you sign negative again? I don't. Why do you, that? You're hearing negativity. There's no oh, negativity on my part. Okay, I apologise if I've misread that situation. I am very sorry. My pick was Shawn Michaels versus Diesel or Kevin Nash from WrestleMania 11 at the Hartford Civic Center in 1995. 
not the main event of the show, which yep. motivated Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash to go out and try and steal the show, which they did. This was by far and away the best match on that particular WrestleMania card. And it kind of it kind of goes into, I think, the whole Mr. WrestleMania thing with Shawn Michaels. Because if you look, I mean, this is WrestleMania 11. If you look at his singles outings, he's only had a couple by this stage. At WrestleMania 8, he was facing Tito Santana in the opener, which was a good match, but that it wasn't match of the night that night. WrestleMania 9, he opened the show as well against Tatanka for the Intercontinental Championship, and that is the best match on that card. So he stole the show that evening. WrestleMania 10, we're fully aware, the ladder match. Oh, ladder match. Which, yeah. yeah. You know, which along with the Hart brothers who opened the show, I think both of those are equally as good. This one here, Shawn Michaels steals the show. 12, the best match on the card, as long and boring as it, some people may think it will be. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels in the main event in the Ironman match. Best match on that show. At 13, he didn't work, but he was the, a big topic of conversation because he had a little boo-boo face and said his knee hurt and you know wouldn't drop the belt to Bret and all this sort of mm-hmm. nonsense. 14, best match on the card, Magsy, him and Austin. With, with a broken back, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15, 16, 17, and 18, he didn't wrestle. 19, him and Jericho up there, I think, for one of the matches of the night. There are some stormers on that card, though. Yeah. Uh, 20, a triple threat. Madison Square Garden, match of the night. 21 against Angle, match of the night. And so on. It just goes on. And the whole name, Mr. WrestleMania, isn't just a cliche for me. I think this guy is the greatest performer WrestleMania has ever seen. Yeah. Magsy, what, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. And, and it's, uh, it's a real kind of picture of his career trajectory if you go from wrestlemania 8 to uh to wrestlemania 11 being the current jerker against tito santana who wasn't the biggest star uh well loved uh and then the step up uh to doinku whilst not being um looked at favorably now was a big star back uh back in 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 that era and then going on to razor uh razor ramon and and the the historical uh, ladder match, and then the year after that being in the world title. So it's really kind of stepping up in in levels over those uh, four years for him to then go on and and just be like I said, Mister WrestleMania. It's not a, it's not all hyperbole. It's not all cliche. It's it is true. He he's a big time player, and when it comes to those big shows, he wants to be the the thing that everybody remembers and more often than not when he's at wrestlemania he he steals the show yeah there's a video package isn't there around this time i think it's either 12 or maybe yeah 12 when he wins the title is potentially the one when he says i will give you a show no one else can Mm -hmm. you know I, i will you know like me or hate me i will give you the best show you will see and I think he's correct. And and Jim Ross on commentary always says the same as well. Is that Ric Flair is and Shawn Michaels are the two greatest wrestlers he's ever seen. And I agree completely with Jim Ross that they're, they're my two top guys as well. But he says that nobody has ever outperformed Shawn Michaels on the biggest stage. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yes, and you can see here he's had a fire lit under him. I think because Kevin Nash, I imagine. Well, you you hear stories about the. The Bam Bam Bigelow and what was the guy's name? Lawrence Taylor was Lawrence the American. Taylor, yeah. Yes, the yeah. American football. And that, that was a better match than I had any right to be. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, but it, that went on last. And Kevin Nash was pissed off by this, but I think ultimately we all know what Nash is driven by. He was getting paid. Exactly. He was, a, you know, whereas Sean was very upset about this, that his match was not going on last. He'd won the 95 Rumble going in at number one. Mm-hmm. Here we had the whole, I suppose, sidestep to the story of the winner of the Rumble was supposed to be accompanied to the ring by Pamela Anderson. Uh, they couldn't find Pamela Anderson throughout the show. And we kept getting updates from some dude from NYPD Blue, Max. Nick, Nick Turturro, he was called. Okay. I have no idea who that is. He was an actor on NYPD Blue. Ah, thanks for clearing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we get before we're going to get to the match in the moment, but we'll sort of cover what what we see on the show beforehand. We get a Diesel interview not long before the match actually starts, and it's obvious here Kevin Nash trying to play a babyface before we get. You know, big daddy cool version mm-hmm. of Kevin Nash in WCW, the NWO, strutting around with Scott Hall. It, it, he's not comfortable, Mags, is he? He's very wooden. Very, mm. very wooden. Uh, before that, you'd, we do hear from Shawn Michaels in um, in like a locker room scrum almost uh, when um, he he's talking with Jenny McCarthy and I think Godfather's there. Um, he is way more confident on the mark um kevin nash especially when he's been a babyface he looks like a, a a rabbit in the headlights he's just not good at portraying um um a, a face promo as a heel he's he's he can lean into his laid back cool um kind of mindset but as a, a face yeah he's he's not not good i don't no. like it no, so it did tickle me though. He's trying to say because Shawn Michaels has um, said that he's definitely going to be leaving the, the leaving the event with the WWF Championship, and Diesel responds, "Well, that's really awkward or really difficult because I'm definitely going to." And he's trying to say retain the title, mm-hmm. but he can't get the word retain right. And he has two or three attempts and basically makes this funny noise and then just goes, I'm keeping the belt, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <you know? laughs> I think the star of all these like kind of a uh, pre-match interviews though was, was Sid. And he was mm. saying, your dream is going to be a nightmare. And then says it again for, yeah. for no reason. The, just the guy was so intense. Uh, it's unreal. Um, Sid's but, great. Yeah. He is. He's superb. I love Sid. Yeah, so do I. It's brilliant. Uh, speaking of Sid, he is there with Shawn Michaels as his bodyguard, and Diesel touches upon this. Diesel replacement. Mm. And he says, I've been in that role. I know how Shawn's mind works. Mm-hmm. So I like that, because it's adding a little bit to the storytelling there, isn't it? It's kind of making sense as to how Sid's going to operate, Kevin Nash is going to, you know, got it figured out, and all that. And there's a few different moving parts. They're just a one-on-one match, Max, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and then you have the the will she watch it turn up of, of Pamela Anderson who uh, was went missing according to Nick Turturro but I think the real story is that she thought that Shawn Michaels was a toss pot um, and she ended up coming out with Diesel but Shawn Michaels to say he didn't get to walk out with Pamela Anderson he didn't do too badly for himself with uh, Jenny McCarthy um, I don't think there was any losers in that scenario no that well maybe Sid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sid's just walking at the back, like, you know, flexing and look at my waistcoat and my super noodle hair and all this sort of stuff. Um, Kevin Nash's entrance is cool because we have the, the glass that they went on to use for Austin as well, don't they? On the, on the sort of quite narrow entrance way that smashes and Diesel walks through the glass. And this is where I think he looks a little bit more comfortable with his role because yeah. he's able just to haunter down with the belt and, and Very so on. Pump, like plodding. Yeah. Just doesn't have to uh doesn't have to race his music perfectly fits his kind of mindset as well because he's mm. he's so laid back he's is as cool as the other side of the pillow yes indeed indeed and i think we've got uh some really cool gear here as well sean michael's gear the white gear with a little red trim to it i think is a bit unique to what sean would normally wear that looks quite good diesel's wearing the standard kevin nash diesel gear and Sid's in this leather leather... Pants. there you go and sid's in this leather waistcoat but just looks so intimidating stood behind mm-hmm. the much smaller sean michael's max yeah he does um i think sid has always had a really imposing figure um but yeah it's 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 all the the hallmarks of what should have been a main event. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And we see straight from the off, don't we? As soon as the bell rings, well, even before, momentarily before the bell rings, that Sean has got his working boots on here. He's flying mm-hmm. about the place, making Kevin Nash look super strong. And yeah, just just the guy's just a bumping machine, isn't he? And props to Diesel as well. He uh, he's not known for keeping a fast pace in, mm. in a wrestling match and, and it certainly does slow down uh, later in the match but in that opening couple of minutes he keeps pace with Shawn Michaels and that's not an easy thing to do um, uh, but like I said Sean does make Diesel look a million dollars that first punch that lands after all the kind of uh, the duckings of claws lands it just it looks so brutal it mm. looks just like he's cleaned Shawn Michaels' clock with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get some ridiculously high moments from Sean as well during this match. There's a back body drop early on where Sean, I think, damn near comes down with ice on him. He goes up so high. Yeah, that was that was insane. Uh, there's another one where he he goes through the ropes to Diesel, which looked very dramatic as well. Uh, and and the whole time that this is happening. Sean is coming across incredibly frustrated because he's, he's, you know, whatever he does, it just takes Diesel one swing of the hand and, and, and Sean's back on his arse again. All his work are totally undone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it frustrates him um, to the point where he spits at Diesel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this that, is, this- and that's the turning point because it, that winds Diesel up. Um, he runs at uh, Michaels. Michaels is able to avoid it, and then uh, is able to to land a few shots of his own. Finally, yeah, and it's it's really funny because the amount of times I've watched this match back, not recently, well, well, today for the show, obviously, but before that, I've not watched it for a little while. You can see almost the start of a turn here, I think, because the fans are starting to cheer for Sean in certain moments, despite the fact that he's supposed to be this despised, nasty heel and he's spitting and, and all this sort of stuff, especially towards the end of the match, which we'll get to very soon. There's moments where the crowd, I think are, are behind Sean Michaels, Max. I mean, you can't not in, in with when Sean Michaels is wrestling like this, mm-hmm. even if he's the biggest shithead heel, 
you can't not get behind him because he's he's going at a hundred and ten percent. It's just some really really good wrestling. He's even making up uh, for some of. Uh, Diesel's lackings. I mean, there's a point where um, Diesel goes for a gorilla press and he's not able to keep Shawn Michaels up. You can see his like his arm uh, give way, and Shawn Michaels is able to um, to maneuver on the flat to to be put into a, a suplex and to make Diesel look strong again. It's a mm-hmm. it's it's almost a masterclass by Shawn Michaels of working in in this match. And like I said, he, yeah. he did it because he was pissed off that he wasn't the main event and he mm-hmm. felt like he had a point to prove. Uh, and my God, did he prove it? Yeah. Uh, I also think that the dynamic of the two here, you mentioned there about how Michaels is working and someone you can't help but admire the guy in this scenario. Mm-hmm. The dynamic, I think, of having the champion, this seven-foot monster, and the heel, <clears throat> excuse me, the heel challenger being the much smaller guy, almost the underdog based on size and power and strength. You naturally root for the underdog, I think. And I think that that kind of doesn't help the story they're trying to tell because Michaels is wrestling like the underdog as well. He, he's yeah. trying to use his speed. It's, it's, it's hit and move. Whereas diesel is more of the big monstrous type, I suppose, almost like an eight is throwback potentially, but as a heel that Hogan would have to vanquish. Yeah, it, it's it's always hard to have um, a babyface monster. Uh, if you're s- the best part of seven foot, you are naturally a heel uh-huh. because you're the one who can dominate your opponents. Um, so it's a it's a hard match to sell uh, when the 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 heel is the smaller opponent. Uh, so, but I think the if anyone could pull that off, it is HBK because we all know he he loved himself at, the, at this time. He was very arrogant, not only in the ring, but also backstage. Um, but when you work as good as he, he does, it's hard not to have a bit of appreciation for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You mentioned there Diesel misses the big boot running at Sean and ends up sort of his leg over the top rope. Uh, this allows Shawn Michaels to get a few shots in, and then they both basically fall to the outside. But mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels does the old skinning of the cat, pulls himself cat. back in. Yep. So straight away, that's a baby face spot for me. You don't see heels do that very often. Uh, and then he climbs to the top rope and, and flies off the top rope onto Diesel on the floor. Again, mm-hmm. a high spot that is going to get cheers or at least admiration. And then we kind of notice for the first time, for me anyway, Max, you may have seen it beforehand, how busy it is outside the ring at this WrestleMania. Yeah. There's so many photographers. There's obviously the cameramen. There's the commentary table, which again looks very close to the ring. There's all these celebrities everywhere. And it gets to a stage where Michaels and Diesel are literally having to push people out of the way to carry on doing what they've planned to do. <laughs> well, Michaels is particularly pissed off with the with the cameramen uh, or the, the photographers because he, he picks one up by the scruff of the neck and drags him into, into the, the entrance ramp. Uh, just so he is is out of the way, and then later in the in the match when we're doing a a, a ring post spot, um, he's he's you can see he's he's very very uh, physical with a, another cameraman, um, 
what the same cameraman that I think Diesel is is a little bit more gentler with when they when they do the spot. But Michaels is pissed off with these camera uh, these photographers. You would not have wanted to be a photographer in this match, but. There are so many of them. Uh, when when the uh, the match is in one side of the ring, leaning on the on the apron of of the other side, there's five, six, seven photographers all taking photos. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's 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 very very weird. And when I understand that a lot of that is because of Pamela Anderson and and Jen McCarthy, two huge stars. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was too compact to have that many people around ring. I think. Yeah, and, and their their kit doesn't help either because this is the the era of the very big clunky cameras as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With the big lenses and so on. So yeah, uh, Kevin Nash on the outside uh, has hurt his ribs, and then Sean is effectively he sells it for so long as yeah. well, ridiculously <laughs> long. Yeah, he's a, well, it's, it's it's Kevin Nash. He's in no hurry to do anything. Is he? so he's going to take this <laughs> time. Uh, and again, the, the weird thing is me saying that the pace then slows for a bit, but this isn't down to Nash. Michaels is in control here, and he has sl- the middle portion of the match. He does slow down, and we see Michaels dropping a few elbows as well as a few other moves, and then and then he applies a sleeper. A bulldog, which I think, you, a, a bulldog, bulldog yeah. which he doesn't he doesn't normally pull that uh, move out of his repertoire. Mm. Uh, the sleeper is applied, which I think always makes sense when wrestling a bigger opponent. Mm-hmm. That, that part of storytelling, I think, is is something that should be used a lot more. We got the silly you know, three-arm drop thing, though, with Diesel not letting it drop on the third occasion. <laughs> and Sid's reaction as well is yeah. priceless. No, no! <laughs> it's it's gold. Uh, Diesel fights back from this, and we see the snake eyes from him, which was his finisher when he was Vinny Vegas in WCW. Mm-hmm. So I always, got, I always get a bit of a kick out of that, Max. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if I enjoyed the way hulked up. Mm. too much um but i did like um michael's trying to keep the sleeper uh locked in uh by essentially jumping on on his back getting a piggyback but uh yeah that that was a, a good way to lead into the into the snake eyes yeah uh, you know we do go back and forth again for a little bit i suppose anytime kevin nash looks like he's building any momentum sean goes back to the ribs but as you mentioned Maxie, he does kind of hulk up at one point doesn't he and it just mm. looked weird it does it, it's very cartoony in a yeah. in an era where they were trying to step away from being a cartoony and they also then stopped selling the the rib injury that had him down mm-hmm. on the side for a good 10 minutes luckily enough uh we have someone who's better at selling and that's good old earl hebner with his uh broken <laughs> ankle uh before we see the broken ankle we see sean's <laughs> arse <laughs> why not i mean we've seen yeah. that multiple times now <laughs> there we go uh they're on the outside the referee jumps to the outside doesn't he because the guys are wrestling on the outside sid looks like he's going to interfere so earl hebner hops down to stop sid and warns him you interfere one time and you are out of here and then crumples because apparently his ankles are made of weetabix <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's not a good look it's not a good look uh we then get the, the guys go back in the ring, but Earl Hammer is really struggling here, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's clearly hurt himself, you mm-hmm. know, for real. And as they go back into the ring, this is where we get a spot in the match that, according to Shawn Michaels, 
this was a Vince McMahon spot. He insisted on having this put into the match. According to Shawn Michaels and, and Bruce Pritchard as well on his podcast, talking about this event, it's the sweet gin music. So as they get into the ring, they, you know, Sean hits Diesel with a sweet chin music. Yep. Sean makes the cover. He's got the match won. Again, he's now going to be cheated out of a clean win over the champion. So you, you're getting sympathy on Sean here. Mm-hmm. Before the referee does make it in, counts to two, Diesel kicks out, and they're booed out the building for this moment. Yeah. Apparently, both Nash and Michaels said to Vince, that's ridiculous. They're going to boo us out the building for this. And Vince, lo and behold, they were right. There you go. And Vince apparently after the match apologized for this spot because mm-hmm. he realized he was in the wrong, which is something you don't hear very often about Vince McMahon. Yeah, and and it leads into the whole uh, the rhetoric that you were talking about earlier. That's a a very much a a face move. Shawn Michaels as the heel shouldn't have, have been like that. Uh-huh. It just does it doesn't make sense uh, because that's getting sympathy for Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sid takes the turnbuckle cover off at one point. With the shittest pen knife in the history of the world. <laughs> yes, it wasn't good, was it? It wasn't good. Um, we get quite a cool moment where Sean jumps off the middle rope and Diesel catches him sideways on and turns it into almost like a side slam. I thought that was very yeah. impressive. Very strong by Diesel, but also his ribs were hurting, not not five minutes before so mm-hmm. great selling there diesel but yeah it, yeah, it looks impressive uh it's a, a the typical someone going to the well once too often and being caught out but yeah it was a oh. very impressive uh effectively then we, we we basically come to the finish maxi don't we really there's not much else there well we, have... we, we get the spot obviously since took the the the, the turnbuckle off yeah um Clearly, that's for for Michaels to to hit into, because that's how how it always goes. Whoever whoever sad set up a spot are usually the ones to to eat that, uh, and and we get the slingshot by by Diesel, and this they mistime it a little bit because uh, Michaels is meant to hit the 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 top turnbuckle, but he barely grazes it with the top of his head and ends up actually hitting i think the middle turnbuckle um yeah so yeah. that looks a little bit rough but the the camera angle i thought was fantastic mm-hmm. because obviously sean flies all over the place diesel's a massive guy falling backwards to slingshot michaels and the camera angle is from behind the ring post so we yeah. see the move happening and then sean flying towards the towards camera, the camera. Yeah. i thought that was really well done yeah that is really well done you are right about that and then we get the jackknife powerbomb for the three tank, and that's that. It is. So. And and then Diesel gets to uh, celebrate in the ring with with both uh, of those lovely ladies. Um, jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, was he called? The, the young kid, kid from, from Home Improvement, yeah. Home Improvement, and uh, Nick Totoro, that guy off, uh, of um, NYPD Blue. Um, yeah. But yeah. You can't Solid get match. any... You can't get any more 1995 than that, can you? The fireworks as well, though. Mm. Diesel Diesel looked a huge deal in this match. Two of those were two huge stars. Um, Yeah, he just looked he just looked cool as fuck. Well, 
obviously the ladies were huge stars. Jimmy McCarthy was on uh, MTV at the time, I yeah. think. But Home Improvement and NYPD Blue were apparently the two biggest, biggest TV shows, shows yeah. in America. So it's, you know, we're we're here mocking it a little bit, looking at some of the people they have there, and, and well, we at should. At the time, they were the oh. biggest stars they could have got. Yeah, it was massive and, mainstream. Yeah, huge. Again, the WWF do this very, very well, don't they? With mm-hmm. their finger on the pulse for for certain times and certain celebrities. But yeah, there we go, Maxi. Out of ten, it was very, very good. I think it's mm. it's aged. I think it's very much of its time. Um, but saying that, it was still a fun match. And uh, any match when Shawn Michaels is on his game, uh, it's always going to rate very, very highly. I think this is probably one of Diesel's best matches. Um, yeah, I would, I'd say that. Um, so I think a 7, 7.5. I think I'll go See? 7.5. I've got 7.5 written down right there, look, if you can make that out. 7.5 out of 10. There you go. I can. There you go. See? Yeah, 7.5 I've got. I think this is a Shawn Michaels masterclass. I think you're right with regards to it being one of Diesel's better matches. I would also throw in the uh, match they they had an in-your-house pay-per-view. But again, that's with Shawn, and he is fantastic. And there's also the Bret Hart match that Kevin Nash has. Uh, at Survivor Series, I believe it was, later this year, because Brett takes the title off him at Survivor Series. That's very mm-hmm. good as well. Yeah. But to me, this is an absolute Shawn Michaels masterclass, and we're seeing here why I think McMahon makes the decision to strap the belt to Shawn Michaels and yeah. say, this is my guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he loved him anyway. He was mm-hmm. he was happy to suck on the, the teat of Shawn Michaels anyway. Uh, this just kind of rubber stamped it. Yeah, yeah, a, a really good match. I'm, I'm really glad that we watched it, and I'm really glad to be revisiting it. And again, Sean's my guy, so you know. But again, a brilliant performance by him shows you know just how good the guy was. I think. Yeah, two good performances by both wrestlers. I've got, I've got to say. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, the second part of the poll, Maxi, was your option from Vengeance 2005. So, what have you got for us there? Let's dive on into that. Yeah, let's do it. So this is Triple H versus uh, Batista um, coming off the back of Triple H uh, losing the title to Batista at, at WrestleMania. Um, the The whole storyline was uh, Batista winning the Rumble. That fated Rumble where Vince McMahon blew both his quads uh, when John Cena was meant to be eliminated uh, and they both got eliminated at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that led that led to Triple H trying to manipulate Batista into uh, switching sides to SmackDown and going after. I think it was JBL's title at the time. Um, was it but, Lesnar? No, wouldn't have been Lesnar in two thousand five, would it? No, I think I think it was JBL. Okay. Um, and there was a lot of kind of like underhanded tactics by um, Triple H and, and Ric Flair, and Batista was feeling that even though he was the winner of the rumble going into WrestleMania. The story should have been about him, but triple H was making it about triple H because this was the whole reign of terror. Uh, and then the kind of tipping point was when, um, triple H and Ric Flair were talking backstage and essentially calling uh, Batista an idiot saying the best thing that could happen to him is he goes to SmackDown, um, which makes Batista, want to stay on on raw and and wipe that smug grin 
off uh, Triple H's face, which he ends up doing at WrestleMania. They have a rematch, uh, I think is a, a, a backlash, uh, which uh, Batista wins, but with some uh, some shenanigans. Uh, so this was uh, essentially meant to be the blow-off uh, Triple H, who would become the kind of king of uh, of Hell in a Cell matches. I think going into this match, he was uh, 4-0, and all, and he wanted to to teach uh, young Batista a lesson and, and, and win his title back. So it was a, a real kind of like best friends into worst enemies kind of blood feud mm. that, that whole storyline with Batista, some of it was a bit silly the camera being there with batista leaning against the wall listening going mm, okay that yeah but that reveal was excellent but you do also sort of ask yourself why is he there with the camera and, and all that but it was a good moment and then when he was supposed to be signing the smackdown contract and then signs the raw one and does the whole thumbs up thumbs down thing oh, that's a throwback to the the randy orton when randy yes. orton won the world title and uh the, the he was then kicked out of uh evolution um and that was the whole kind of thumbs up thumbs down with uh triple h and batista mm. yeah really really good stuff great storytelling uh, this is two proper big heavyweights, though, isn't it? Well, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I mean, Shawn Michaels is not a small guy. Don't get me wrong, but this is two heavyweights in this match facing off, and and I think that shows in what they do because it's it, to me at times this match there are moments of it that are quite a throwback to cage matches in the eighties because they don't leave the cage. You know, as opposed to what we see quite often in previous uh, Hell in the Cell matches and some of the ones that we've looked at ourselves, Maxi, they don't leave the cage. It's very bloody. The early portion is very, uh, uh, not plodding because it's it's better than that, but it's not quick because these are two massive guys punching the mm-hmm. crap out of each other. And that's yeah. what it is to me. The early portion is very, uh, I suppose, a phrase that we use quite often on Nitro Nights with Scottish Danny. It's very punchy kicky. Yeah, um, I've, I, I actually found with with watching a, quite a few Hell in a Cell matches recently for this show, um, the fact that they didn't um, escape the cage and then climb onto the cage, I thought that was actually refreshing. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it's almost it's almost unique to a Hell in a Cell match because the 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 cell has always been used as a as something to do a spectacular spot off, uh, whereas in this match. It was specifically used as as a weapon to to injure your opponent rather than to uh, to do a, a flippy move off, which I thought was was um, was quite refreshing. Um, but you, you're absolutely right; these are two big guys beating the living piss out of each other, um, blooding each other up. Uh, uh, I, I thought that this was a, a really good match. I really enjoyed watching it. And, yeah. And, I've not watched it for a long, long time, so I forgot uh, some of the stuff that happens. I mean, the the chair wrapped in barbed wire, that was like, oh, yeah, I remember this mm-hmm. now. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was very different to most Hell in a Cell matches, I would have said. Yeah, you're right. I think they – I mean, okay, we'll, we'll get into it now because we, we have the punchy, kicky start, but then the toolbox comes out quite early, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And we have – to, to my memory, we have three main weapons used in this match. We have the chain, which comes out first. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned as well the barbed wire chair. 
So there you go. Chain punch, barbed wire. Those jokes at the beginning of the show, they're, they're, they're not just off the top of my head. There's thought goes into that and they come back to this. See what I mean? Really? Uh, we have the, the chain that they wrap around each other's hands and use as a weapon to punch with. Well, triple early a, on, first, first of all, use it as a whip. Yes, um, early on, he's no. whipping uh, Triple that A. looks brutal. Sorry. And then he hangs him as well, doesn't he? In multiple ways, though. Very, very... Um... Uh, clever by Triple H. First, is he has him, uh, he has Batista on the on the, the the ring apron, and he lies down, pulling the chain from the other side of the rope, uh, and then he kicks uh, uh, Batista's legs out. So Batista sat on the apron, and he's yanking him up. And then the last one, uh, which is really clever, he, he boots Triple uh, uh, Batista fully off the off the uh, apron, and he's pulling him almost to the point where he's he's dangling him over the mm. over the over the ropes really good good work but that makes Batista look so much stronger when he's able to power out and just punches Triple H's face and uh, gets him to to let go of the the, the chain yeah definitely and then uh, whips him he uses it as the whip himself <laughs> yeah. yes um Something I quite liked as well oh it's a spot we've seen with big guys in cage matches and Hell in the cells, and I—I I don't know. I can't tell you who did it, but it's—I got a big memory of it happening in an elimination chamber match, where a guy is picked up and then bounced off the cage, and then into the ring post or the apron and back again. And Batista does this with Triple H, and I think uh, it's Jer- does Jericho do that in one of the Hell in the Cells? I think it's okay, Jericho. maybe yeah. And Jim Ross is yelling about it being almost like a spinebuster into the cage, <laughs> and yeah. a spinebuster into the ring post. And I think because of the size of the guys as well. This looked incredible, didn't it? Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, Any time that they use the cage uh, as a as a weapon, and it's not used massively. It's you get the the obvious kind of like grating of faces and stuff like that. But anytime they use the cage as as part of their 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 attack arsenal, um, it was used to real good effect, and it ends up with both guys being um, crimson mass. I mean, Triple H's oh. face is. It's bright red with blood. Uh, Batista's not so much, but he still still does get uh, a, a, a lot of claret. And one thing throughout this match, and I did notice that when Batista is selling pain, he almost looks like he's crying. Yeah. His face is a very cryy face when uh, very he's cryy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, something else that adds to the match as well, I think, is the noises. So when when the when uh, Batista's putting Triple H into the ring post in the cage, that sounds bad. Mm-hmm. When Triple H is whipping Batista with the chain, it sounds horrific. Yeah. Sometimes the visual is, is is terrible and it looks dramatic. It looks it looks very brutal. But especially when you look at maybe WCW where they always had audio problems, or you look at ECW where the production wasn't as high as the other companies, that the sound sometimes doesn't do the visual justice mags if yeah. i've explained that properly you're absolutely right the 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 the, the audio in this match enhances mm. what you're seeing in 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 the ring and in the cage so you're absolutely right the it's spot on the it just makes everything sound more brutal mm. yeah definitely uh like i said triple h is, is bleeding loads but fetches a chair covered in barbed wire doesn't he and then the fun really Call starts. back to his friend, um, Cactus Jack. Yes. Uh, it, it, 
he hits Batista on the back with this barbed wire. Oh. And it's 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 quite brutal, isn't it? And it's Instantly. not straight away. I didn't notice it straight away. Oh, it's I did. Oh. Instantly, you could see like the pin pricks of some of the barbed wire going into uh, Batista's back. But there was one that stood out for me particularly because Batista's got um, uh, a bit of a back tattoo. And one of the, the barbed wires actually embeds into where his tattoo is. And when Triple H is pulling the chair out, you can see the skin pulling out with the with the uh, bit of barbed wire. Uh, and then they do a, um, a camera zooming on it. And it is it's really dug into his skin on, on the tattoo. He's made a, a real mess of it. Yeah, it's 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 so different. I suppose is the word is the only word I can think of to use that because it, it's incredibly different to what we normally see. We see blood on the head. We've seen blood on the arm of certain movies, but this is, as you said, Maxie, the pinpricks all over. But it, it's almost more graphic because we're not used to it. Well, from my standpoint, anyway. And and not only does it do it once, he he then does it again. Mm-hmm. But even even harder. So yeah, uh, these guys literally putting their bodies on the line for for this match. Uh, Batista eventually gets hold of the chair himself and hits Triple H in the face with it, which is fantastic. Um, and then we see this is where I see the blood properly myself because there's blood all over the chair for a start. Yeah, and there's blood all over Triple H's chest. He's now crouched in a certain way where the blood is pouring down himself and it's covering his chest. And that's when I saw the blood on Batista's back as well. And I just thought, man, this is getting pretty crazy. Yeah, and the, and there's a, a brilliant spot where uh, Batista is grinding Triple H's face with the chair. Mm-hmm. Really, it. I mean, we know it's gimmicked, and we know that uh, he's probably not putting as much pressure in as, as it looks, but Jesus Christ, that looks rough. Yes, totally. Totally. Uh, they also tease a pedigree on the barbed wire chair at one point. Now mm-hmm. that is the crowd are baying for this to happen, aren't they? They're excited. Yeah, like they're evil, evil bastards. They are. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, I suppose when I made my note saying, you know, I noticed it there for the, the, the tease of the pedigree, but the crowd are into this right from the off. Yeah. And Batista is over at this point in 2005. They adore this guy. Yeah. You know, there's a huge pop for him with his fantastic entrance music as well. And yeah, and I mean, I, whenever I hear that music uh, and I see that um, the pyro, it always takes me back to uh, watching um, uh, Xavier Woods yeah. uh, backstage. <laughs> he. He's just so passionate about this song and Batista's entrance. But yeah, it's so Batista was was he was white hot and Triple H. Mm-hmm. This may be him proving just how good of a heel he he was. He love him or hate him and uh and the booking that, that kept him on top for so long, but he's a damn good heel. A, yeah. a damn he's a proper shithead of a heel. And yeah, you can't not love him for it. He is very, very good at what he does. Uh, there's a power slam by Batista onto the barbed wire chair. Yeah. My a very goodness. He, he, he does it ever so gently, though. And, and I pr- appreciate that from Batista. He knows that this is going to hurt because he's felt it in his own back a couple of times. So he very calmly and gently power slams uh, 
uh, Triple H onto the chair, and he, he does it again later on when we get to the the uh, the ring spot. He's very gentle with his power mm-hmm. slams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is you know this is the the boss's son-in-law, isn't it? He wants to be careful. Exactly. Keep his job. Um, this allows Batista to go back to the chain, which he wraps around his fists to start throwing these 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 chain punches, these metal punches into people's faces. But before that can happen, he gets DDT'd onto the barbed wire chair. My Brilliantly God. Done. Brilliantly done. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, Triple H by this point looks like he is he's paying tribute to the early 2000s version of Jeff Hardy because his hair is like soaked in blood, but in such a way, it looks like he's dyed it red. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's almost as good as a when Ric Flair bleeds and his mm-hmm. his whole like uh, shocking white hair goes red. Triple H's is almost that good. If he had white hair, it'd be absolutely spot on. But the amount of blood just it's got to the point on Triple H now where it's like coagulated as well. So yeah. it's it's really kind of sticky red, but almost like he's wearing a mask. It's it's it looks it looks brutal. If Triple H had white hair, he looked like a cross between the Maestro from WCW and uh, what was the guy we put into the Hall of Lame magazine, dressed all in white? Mordecai. That's it from around this era. He looked like a Mordecai cross and Hogan. It looked like yeah. There you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batista's face is bleeding by this stage, and they're mm-hmm. fighting on the outside now. And we're back to a little bit more of the, the slugfest because you know they're getting tired, and it's, it's 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 dramatic enough already. I feel. And when this is happening, we can hear one absolute dickhead in the crowd shouting, "Boring, boring! What an ass! What, what a knob! What a complete!" I mean, this match is far from boring. Mm-hmm. It's far from yeah. it. What a pillar he was. He was. And then we see the sledgehammer come out. Of course we do. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's a few things. I said earlier on, there's a few things about this match that I, I, I'm not 100% on board with. It doesn't take away masses of enjoyment for me, but I feel because the, the way we do this show, I, I, I have to point them out. And we're going to start getting into that a little bit now. Um, Batista... Batista's, you know, dying from a sledgehammer shot, and we get a two count. Okay, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. I can get on board with that. You know that that can happen. I guess. I mean, he's been hit in the mouth with a sledgehammer, and he kicks out at two. He's supposed to be this big super monster. I can appreciate that. But then we get more and more and more, and I think that uh, we get more sledgehammer shots. We get the stuff with the steps, which we'll come to shortly. And then we get the, the the sledgehammer where Batista jumps off the rope. No, sorry, tri- Triple H jumps off the rope, and Batista hit in the throat with yeah the lifts the sledgehammer up, almost like you can imagine somebody putting their foot up as they jump as their opponent jumps yeah. in the middle rope and catch them under the chin. Now, I've got an issue with people who criticise say, for, say oh, AEW is the big one because of the near falls, and I mean the AEW pay per view we watched this weekend. There was numerous pile drivers and tombstones that people kicked out of. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I think if you're getting dropped on your head, it should be a it should be a finish because I, I want to suspend suspend my disbelief. You know, hence why I, I think the DDT should be a finish still. But you know, maybe that one's a bit of a t- a bit of a stretch. But you know, a pile driver or a tombstone or, or there was a, a one match. I'm fairly certain a guy took two tombstones on the weekend and kicked out. Mm-hmm. Now that to me is getting a bit silly. However, it's AEW. It's the way they promote their wrestling. You just got to get on with it. 
because that's what some people love. That's their product and what they do. Here, I think you can put the same level of criticism as to what these guys do in the last five, 10 minutes as to what AEW do and quite openly get criticized for all the time because you're seeing people get hit in the head with steps, a sledgehammer, a chair coming in barbed wire, a sledgehammer again, punched in the face, the head and the back of the neck with a chain. And they constantly kick out, constantly kick out, constantly kick out. I think it, this, this ending to the match as brilliant to watch as it was, it does get onto that AEW borderline silliness. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. Um, a, a, a sledgehammer shot should finish a match because you're essentially caving somebody's brains in with a very <laughs> yeah. heavy piece of metal. Um, so I agree with you. It, it, it does get silly. But then when you think people have been DDT'd onto a chair of made with barbed wire. That should finish a match, to be quite fair. So um, I get uh, the point about wanting to suspend disbelief, but this is also the wacky world of, of wrestling. Yeah, if yeah. you hit somebody in the head with a sledgehammer, you go into jail for attempted murder. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't happen. So, And also, Triple H does cover the, the sledgehammer with his hand. He never actually hits people with a sledgehammer. It's always... With his hand, which I've never understood why that makes he hit Shawn Michaels in the back at SummerSlam 2002. Yeah, that, yeah, he does. Bastard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does get a bit overboard in the last five minutes, yeah. but we are building to a crescendo, I suppose. Um, and if you've started as 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 heavy as these guys have done, you have to keep up in it, or else it would finish like a, a bit of a damp squib, wouldn't it? So yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right. And again, it it's I, I've got to bring it up because I would criticize AEW for something like this. I would criticize Ring of Honor, Impact, whatever. So I've got to bring it up because you know I'm not saying that WWE are my company or I'm biased in that way, anyway, shape or form. But I feel that people are quick to jump on certain things we see in wrestling now. And this is what 17 years ago now it would be. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? And we were seeing it then as well. And I don't remember there being that much criticism for that. No. Um but it was also not week in, week out, I suppose. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, you mentioned there about it was sort of building to a crescendo, getting towards the getting towards the finish. Uh, do you want to talk us through a couple of the things we see in the run-up to the end of the match, Maxi? Yeah, so we see Batista really kind of start to use the the steel steps as uh, as part of the finish. Um, he use, actually uses the bottom section of the steps, which is something that you don't really see a lot it's usually that the the two um the two steps at the top but they they do get uh crashed into uh to, into triple h's head um but he brings in the 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 bottom half of the steps he leans them into the corner which uh i thought was really cool kind of almost like you would see with table spots um to to basically throw triple h into uh, and then we get a tease of um of triple h doing a pedigree on the steps uh, Batista is able to <coughs> to fight his way out of that. It hits his famous spam buster on the steps, then goes for his Batista bomb, and this is where Triple H had the the opportunity, I suppose, to to end the match when he had the sledgehammer in his hand. <coughs> okay, mate. <laughs> yeah, just every week. 
without fail. But Triple H has the sledgehammer as he's being lifted up for the for the Batista bomb, but doesn't have the opportunity to use it. <coughs> Max is just dying away. Look, I know it's it's every Monday without fail. <laughs> um, and he gets uh, the Batista bomb with the sledgehammer in hand. Um, and I actually have got a very recent. Uh, love for this uh, for this spot because yeah. I'm actually playing um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay, <clears throat> and it's um, it's based around Vikings and stuff like that. And uh, going to Valhalla, you have to die with your with your axe in your hand. Uh, Valhalla being like the essentially heaven for Vikings, and right. seeing Triple H lose this match with the sledgehammer in his hand and still be led on the floor at the end of the show with the sledgehammer in his hand, kind of like, it, it has a lots of uh, a symbolism to the Viking and Norse mythology, so I really did appreciate that, but wow, what a, an end to it. I mean, you said it was a very kind of like over the top, and I agree with you, but an exciting last three or four oh. minutes to this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I suppose it, it is a criticism, but it's not. It's not, you know, brokenness for me. It's not mm-hmm. ruined this for me. It's, it's something I noticed. Something that I was a little bit like, mm, okay. Do you need every single one of those spots in there? If they just removed one or two, or, mm-hmm. or, or maybe you know, two or three, whatever, you'd still have had the same effect. Yeah, just about I mean, a guy looking like he should be actually dead. I think this match went about what twenty eight minutes or so. Yeah, um, it could have lost maybe five, ten minutes without. Well, ten maybe too much, but at least five minutes without uh, losing uh, some of that kind of like impact. But the 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 crowd absolutely popped when uh, Batista um, uh, got the the win, so it did what it needed to do. The crowd absolutely loved it. it was the 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 right result? Uh, Triple H still looks uh still looks strong in this because he, he's he's gone through an absolute war, and Batista is a, an absolute made man from it. So um, you could argue that this is one of Batista's best ever matches, uh, and Triple H is is so damn good at, at making his opponents look like a million dollars. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Mm. Yeah, and me, and me. Uh, well, so there we go then. Out of ten, Maxi, what are you giving this one? Um, I enjoyed it more than the the Diesel and and Shawn Michaels one. I thought uh, it's more my, I suppose my kind of my favorite kind of wrestling. Um, but I don't think it was it, it wasn't head and shoulders. Uh, better than it. They were two very different matches, but two very good matches all the same. Um, so I think an eight is 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 the fair score. It's not. It's one of the best Hell in a Cell matches, it, but it's mm-hmm. not the best. It's not as iconic as 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 the first one, and it's certainly not as brutal as the Mick Foley ones. Um, but it was unique in its own way. So yeah, I think I'm happy with an eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got written down in front of me eight question mark 8.5 question mark so i suppose i'm still in the similar sort of ballpark as you yeah. i enjoyed both matches but for completely different reasons and i think that's what is so fantastic about this crazy world of professional wrestling that we all love there's mm-hmm. so much out there 
and, and people do need to hear this sometimes, I think, or, or maybe not sometimes, maybe all the fucking time. If you don't like something, it doesn't mean it's shite. It just means that it's you not for you. Like it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I talk about Charlie, my daughter, she adores certain aspects of AEW. I don't get, I just don't get it, but I see how happy she is watching it. Fantastic. I would sit down and happily watch Ric Flair, Harley race from, I don't know, 83 or whatever. And I think it's wonderful. She would be bored out of her mind. She'd have no interest in that, you know, and it's, and that's just for courses, but it doesn't mean I, I can't sit and enjoy the AEW stuff with her. Cause I do, there's plenty on an AEW pay-per-view that does entertain me as there is on old wrestling, WWE, whatever. There's so much wrestling out there. now. I mean, impact are doing brilliant stuff, you know, uh, so many different companies wrestle kingdom is coming up and it looks like an absolute stack card again. There's so many different formats and so much wrestling to consume. There's just, it's a buffet again, Max, isn't it? Is the term that people use. Yeah. And if you don't like something, it doesn't mean it's shite. Exactly. It just means it's not for you. There's other types of wrestling out there you can There's enjoy. Plenty of wrestling out there for every there taste, every style, every niche. There is definitely a wrestling out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but just because you don't like something doesn't mean you should shit on it for everyone else. Um, it's just not your cup of tea. Exactly. And these two matches here, I think, are very different. 1995 is a completely different era. To mm-hmm. 2000, well, I'll scrap that. 1995 is a completely different era to just three years later in 98. It's a completely different product, yeah. but I can still watch the match from 95 and really enjoy it. And the match from 2005, I really enjoy as well. Yeah. So I think that on one hand, it's frustrating that we've had two matches to cover today, but on the other side of the coin, I love it because we've watched two, in my opinion, really, really good wrestling matches for different reasons. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I give the the seed ref stick for for making his watch both matches, but I enjoyed it, and that's the best part of this show that we we get together every Monday as a as a as a group as a family and and just have a good time. And yeah. the 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 two picks have certainly added to the show. One hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. So then, before we dive into the chat for one last quick time and depart at a semi-early time for us for a Monday evening. <laughs> uh, Maxi, where would you like to go next week? So, I don't think we've seen nearly enough of Batista on on this show. Um, I agree. As, as you said, he the crowd absolutely loved him. He's He had a massive fan base, and he's gone on to be a, a massive star in, in Hollywood. And uh, whenever he does come back to WWE, it's a big, it's a big thing. Um, so I wanted to go forward a few years um, to the the start of one of his is probably better known feuds outside of uh, of Evolution, and that's the the one with Rey Mysterio. Um, okay, and that that essentially started at uh, Bragging Rats uh, 2009, where he was involved in a, a fatal four way, uh, challenging the Undertaker, who was then the the champion. Uh, it was Batista, Rey Mysterio, and CM Punk. So I want to go to to that match and uh, and see 
how that that story pans out. So Bragging Rights 2009, the fatal four-way for the the World Heavyweight uh, Championship, where Undertaker is uh, defending against Batista, Punk, and Rey Mysterio. What a mix of talent in that mm-hmm. in that fatal four-way. You tick so many boxes there, don't you? In Dave Batista, you've got the WWE guy, you've got the Vince guy, the big muscular, mm-hmm. you know, that's the WWE guy. In Rey Mysterio, you've got the cruiserweight, high-flying individual. In in The Undertaker, you've got potentially the best wrestling character of all time. With regards to the dead man. The indie darling of CM Punk. Exactly. What a mix that is. And I can honestly say, I don't remember fuck all about this. Well, then we'll, maybe we'll watch it. So yeah, if that wins, I will be mad intrigued of what we're going to get i really will i do have to put some up against it though magazine and mm-hmm. i agree with you 100 and i actually fought this halfway through the match earlier on when i was making my notes and so on we do not or have not seen enough of dave batista considering the career he had the pay-per-views he main evented the opponents he you know faced it was a great heel i think he was a good baby face so much batista untapped out there but he's not in my choice <laughs> as much as I agree with you because 2005 we had a match that we've already reviewed on chain wrestling and it was given a 10 and that was between Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle and it was at WrestleMania 21 mm-hmm. and to me it's the best match of the, of the night and you know two guys there that were on my Mike Rushmore when I when I guested on Badlands podcast with your good self two of my favorites of all time. There is a second match to the Angle Shawn Michaels series, which actually takes place on the card that we just watched the Batista Triple H match from. Okay. But I'm not going to go there. Oh, you're an arsehole. Look at you. You're you're slating that match (laughs) and you've given two false finishers in this in the space of 20 seconds i have because there's a third match that i don't (laughs) remember and i've seen it i know i will have because it's two guys that i adore but i don't think i've seen it since it aired and that's on a show called raw homecoming when wwe went back to i think it was the usa network and it was their first episode of Raw back. So they had lots of superstars on there. Titles being defended. It was a big deal trying to pop a rating for their, for their new home. Raw Homecoming, it's called. It aired on the 3rd of October in 2005. And in that Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels series, we have an Ironman match. Mm-hmm. A 30-minute Ironman match. Now, I know I would have seen it, but my mind always goes to WrestleMania 21 when I talk about these two. Or it will go to Vengeance for the rematch. I don't remember this so i am i'm intrigued two of my favorites of all time going on going at it for 30 minutes i just i I, i'm gonna watch this match and hopefully get to talk about it with your good self and the cwf next week my friend i mean a draw would be perfect oh don't don't give dan griffin ideas (laughs) (laughs) so those are your choices for the poll next week two belters on paper two absolute belters uh we have from bragging rights 2009 uh, batista versus Rey mysterio versus the undertaker versus cm punk for the world title or wwe title the world heavyweight the world title from bragging rights 2009 or we have Shawn michaels versus kurt angle as part of their fantastic program in 2005 from raw homecoming 
a an an Iron Man match on the third of October two thousand five episode of Monday Night Raw. The poll will go up much earlier this week because I'm not going to be a dick and totally forget again. Uh, so get your votes in, retweet. Um, I love it when people also get into conversations about it, Magsy. We had a few this weekend with people sharing images of the match they want to win and saying, vote for this, please, and all, and, and people going oh. back and forth. And, you know, sure. other, yeah, other people saying, no, don't vote for that. I want to watch Shawn Michaels. And other people going, no, let's watch the Hell in the Cell. I love it. So keep all that up. It's, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. We love it. We absolutely love it. And we love all you guys. We do indeed. Shall we scan through the chat one last time before we depart? We shall, and uh, a late cover to today's episode, uh, Mr. Benny uh, Mac. How are you, sir? He Hello. said that Iron Man match is awesome, and also um, WrestleMania 25 HPK versus Tech. I think we've covered that one before. A great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Griffin says, I can't believe you're doing that big of a disservice to Aki Bono. You know, <laughs> I, I have been tempted on more than one occasion to put up Big Show versus Aki Bono. Do um, you know what I actually thought of this afternoon, Maxi? We've had maybe three occasions in the 100 plus episodes where we've purposely chosen something shit to laugh at. We're mm-hmm. due one of them soon. We are. So maybe we'll give it a week or two and then we'll throw it out there. A week or two? That would be the that would be the the second birthday episode in two. Oh, would it really? Oh, of course it would. Yeah, December. The yeah. Mm. Ah, maybe that's the plan for the the second anniversary of Chamber Then that's what we'll do. Maybe uh, yeah, Dan Griffin also says <laughs> Sid's the only guy to make a perm scare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think if if Hogan got a perm, that would look pretty scary as well, though. Just how he is now, though, with the back bit, just like a semicircle yeah. of you know a foam almost. Lorenzo the Great says if you want to come famous buy some viewers on prime yeah i was trying to block him but i don't know how to do it and again um, this takes me back to my good wife messaging me at the very start of the show saying you still not sorted me out being a moderator in the new chat you dickhead so yes sharon i'm a dickhead i apologize <laughs> dan griffin if you don't like it you've no need to shit on it unless it's barry windham matches that illinois sir and be funny and never a truer word was spoken um, we'll have no Barry Windham slander here, thank you. Sharon uh, says, uh, I love Dave, but I hate Batista. Mm-hmm. So is that a different Dave? No, no, no. Sharon loves Batista in the movies. And oh, she hates Guardians the wrestler the, Batista. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy he was in, wasn't he? Yeah. Was the big, yeah. She loves that character, loves the stuff. he, you know. And Batista himself, like, you know, he's a funny bloke when you see him online and in interviews and so on. But the wrestler Batista, Sharon's never got... Just never got it. So, okay. I mean, she needs to go back and look at Deacon Batista to see just how bad it oh, could have been. Boom! Right in that day, Hall of Lame next week. That's me done. Thanks. That's theft. Dan Griffin says, "Raw Hall coming." Uh, fully sounds like a, a porn title. Two of my favourite <laughs> things going at it for 20 minutes on Raw Homecoming. Sa is proposing porn. <laughs> no, no, and no, no. we no, will no, leave no. it on that no. bombshell. No. Sa Thir- wants to watch Angle 30 minutes. and Shawn Michaels going at it, hammer and tongue for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Not 20 minutes, Dan. 30 minutes. They have stamina. And they bring their... <laughs> they will bring their... <laughs> they go at each other hard. <laughs> oh, there we go. Maxi, do you want to let people know whereabouts they can find you online? I mean, you try and find me. 
because I'm not online anymore, but I am on Twitter down here. <laughs> I've been retweeting and liking the odd post um, to to build up to my monumental return after I've lost my smile, uh, Sean Michael style. But yeah, follow me on Twitter or on TikTok at uh, Mags All Pods. Awesome stuff. Uh, follow the network that carries this show at SJP World Media and all the shows are inv- you know, involved on the network come via that as well. They've all got their own uh, own streams, own channels, I guess, as well, which are being updated over the course of this week. But everything comes out initially on the main SJP World Media feed, which includes covering TV programs, covering sci-fi, looking at movies. I mean, back when with Scottish Danny and Tyler Peters, looking at all sorts of nostalgia there. So many great shows, brilliant stuff. Benny Mac is fantastic, as well as RSH looking at modern day wrestling. And then you got me and Magsy talking bollocks as well. What what more could you want? That's at SJP World Media. Uh, But most importantly, you can follow this show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that TikTok Finger me at chain underscore wrestling. That's at chain underscore wrestling. Maxi, I'm off now to go and check out all the old rockers matches from WrestleManias to see if Sean steals the show there too. I bet he does, <laughs> mate. I'll see you next week, my friend. And I'm off to have a crowd wank a la Fitch. Mm-hmm.